Tonight's special Mother's Day, Holy Mother edition, the BS Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you by The Zone, where you can stream over 100 fight nights a year without the pain of pay-per-view. I just did this. I watched some Bellator on Saturday night, watched uh, Pitbull avenged his brother's loss. Mr. 305? No, it was another Pitbull. It was a different Pitbull. Came out to the ring to the sounds of Pitbull's barking. I knew at that point I had wished I'd bet on it. But anyway, I watched that on DAZN. Everything live on demand. Getting set up is easy. Download the DAZN app available on nearly any of your devices, including smart TVs, tables, phones, tablets, or tables. It's not available on tables, phones, and gaming consoles. Go to DAZN.com to sign up. D-A-Z-N. Also brought to you by Bud Light. They're keeping it real by putting an ingredients label on their packaging. Brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, no artificial flavors. You know who else is keeping it real? God, so many people to choose from. What a podcast this is going to be. Let's go with Kawhi Leonard. He took 39 shots and I approved of all of them. We're going to be talking about uh, him and uh, two incredible game sevens in a second. Cheers to Bud Light. Reminding you to enjoy responsibly and keep it real. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website, as well as The Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find Binge Mode, our Game of Thrones recap pod. You can listen to The Watch here, Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan break down Thrones. Uh, we're going to be doing Throne Game a little bit later, me and Ryan Rossillo. You can listen to Dual Threat with Ryan Rossillo, which is off for a couple weeks, but he's going to be on my pod uh, later this week. We're going to be doing some lottery stuff as well, some live lottery stuff. Yeah, can't wait. You excited? Yep. I feel like I'm way more excited for the lottery than you are, though. Like I just way ease more. in everything. When it's time to turn it on, I turn it you on. You turn on. That's okay. my life. Like Don't somebody worry. else will be talking today. Yeah. Not not bad. Mr. Red Light over here. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I can't wait for this podcast. This is a good one. Happy birthday, Joe House. Turned 50 today. Uh, I think he's been drunk all weekend. Shout out to him. He was on all the pods last week. Coming up, Ryan Rosillo. First, our friends from Pro Jam. All right, where do we begin? I thought Friday night, I thought to myself, wow, I mean, Rockets Warriors, no matter what happens Sunday, I'm sure that'll be the lead topic. It still could be, but it isn't. No, it isn't. Kawhi hit the greatest buzzer beater I've ever seen. Not as much of like uh, the stakes. Wait a minute. You think it's the best one you've ever seen? In just the actual shot, what happened. I've never seen a shot in the game where the ball took two seconds to go in, where it hit the front of the rim. It's like, oh, that's not going in. Then it bounced up. It's like, oh, this will be fun. Then it's like, wait. And then it hit like three more parts of the rim and went in, and he's right in front of the bench. Everybody jumps on him, and Bede starts crying. Gasol's cheering, but then he's consoling Embiid. What an incredible two minutes. Wow. Wow. And it started off, it looked like it was going to be the worst game. I mean, granted, game sevens, uh, that, that stuff happens. Wasn't it like 6-6 six, six with four minutes to go in the first? Yeah, game sevens are that. usually rock fights. So A lot of, lot of nerves. With the Kawhi part of it, when we had heard uh, Harlan say he's taken 30 shots, we both looked at each other and went, wait, he's taken 30? Yeah, we watched the whole game, and you had the box score in front of you. And neither of us realized he was at 30 shots after three quarters. Yeah. But it made sense because everyone on his team was afraid to shoot, basically. And that's my favorite thing about today in general, just seeing guys yeah. who 
just don't want to do it. And there's guys yeah. that put up numbers in these games, but you can still see that they're uncomfortable. Siakam was uncomfortable. Lowry. Sphincters. Get Lowry. Tight. There was a swing where Lowry was opening through it. You know, and the thing is, you can say, oh, well, so-and-so hit this shot or whatever. I, I, I would just, I just know what I've watched in these games. Yeah. And there are guys that wanted nothing to do with it. And then Philly, you know, Toronto's up at the half and then Toronto has that nice 9-1 carryover run into the second. And then Philly goes on this run. But Kawhi was, they just, Double, triple team him. There was one play where he was trying to get a shot off with four guys in the paint against him because Kawhi kind of knew. I think it's. I think it is going to be me. I think this is why I'm going to take almost forty shots in this game. So he and, goes sixteen for thirty nine, and they needed all sixteen. He had Siakam, who we were laughing in the third quarter. Hey, look, he had a great season. It happens. Game he might be seven. The most a lot player. of nerves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was hot potatoing to the level of Chris Webber in the 2002 playoffs, like. That ball was going to him. He was getting rid of it within 1.2 seconds. We were arguing during the fourth quarter, should take him out for Danny Green. I guess they needed his defense. So he was scared to shoot. Gasol just couldn't make a shot. They weren't posting him up. Abaka was feeling it. Ibaka he kind of kept the, him in a little bit. I mean, Abaka's kind of the secondary hero to this whole thing because if they yeah. don't have this game from Abaka, they're, they're, they, they, I mean, they'll thank God for Abaka if you're a Raptors fan because he was incredible. He hit that one three where he looked like Durant yeah, swinging the Durant, it through left to right. The Durant fall away. Yeah, he, it was a Jeff Green game seven last year type of, you need a guy like that when everybody else on your team, you know. Jeff Green's the first guy I think of. Yeah, well, there, that's your guy. Lowry, it's not like he was scared, but he just he couldn't get it going offensively. But he was doing, you know, a really good uh, rich man's Marcus Smart impersonation that whole game. But the bottom line is Kawhi was the only guy who could create a shot in their team. And this is you mentioned the, the game seven. My favorite thing about the game seven is you really find out who you are. You know, you have somebody who have an off night like I, I'm still a Jamal Murray believer. I just think that's who he is. He's going to have really good games. And he's going to be off in some other games. I don't think like the moment overcame him. He's done that all year. He's been up and down. There's other guys like you start looking around the bench and you might have five guys. You might have six. Hopefully you have seven, but you kind of know who you can't play. In Portland, in the first game, they're looking around. They're like, hey, Stotts is like, Evan Turner, you don't look that scared. Feel, feel like running our offense? You know, and with Philly, they basically had five guys. We were going nuts. And Bede was at 33 minutes through three quarters. And we were like, this is not sustainable. And then They're, he never benched him. Never he, took him he, out. He never took And sometimes, you know, he'll take him out. He'll leave him in at the start of the fourth. He'll take him out and then he'll put him back in. And he didn't do that. Uh, and the Sixer fans are like, what, uh, what else are we going to do? Okay, well, here's the thing. We're about, we, we, right. Monroe was minus nine in two minutes. It's like, that's fine. But you knew all season you didn't have a backup center for game seven of this kind of series on the road. Play Ben Simmons at center. Like stagger their minutes. He never wants get to creative. Up Simmons and Embiid. I don't. Why? I'll never understand that. Uh, the the problem with it, the Embiid for I'm the, I'm the last guy to freak out about the minutes. The guys have never had more rest. You have plenty of time off during the playoffs. But Embiid is somebody who's always tired in regular season games. Yeah. We went through it. I mean, he's averaging 33, 34 minutes. He had like two 40-minute-plus games not that long ago, but we're still talking about somebody that had to do some maintenance with a knee injury and then all the other ailments that he had. Yeah, he's had so, five injuries during the uh, or ailments. So when Embiid offensively isn't in the post, which he never was late no. in this game, 
there's there's a diminishing return on the minutes. Yes, I understand you can't put Greg Monroe in there or what else are we supposed to do? There has to be a minute point with Embiid who never seems like he's in shape enough and maybe that's just being a guy his size that you have to know the minutes he's playing despite not wanting somebody else to play those minutes are no longer good minutes for you. Yeah, they, and, exa- and, it's like the he Pedro. Can't, he can't box anybody out. There was multiple possessions there where Embiid just right. couldn't even... There was one specific one where Ibaka ended up getting it. Embiid didn't even jump for the rebound because he just was spent. That was with like a minute left. Yeah. yeah. How many how many offensive rebounds did the Raptors have in the fourth second quarter? Half, the, like the seven? Second chance points. It was it was a dramatic difference. And you're watching Embiid, who normally, like even when he's not shooting it well, he's changing everything around the rim. I love Embiid. Okay. This is not this is not you and I doing anti. No. This thing. is bad this game is, plan. This is no plan. Or just hoping all of a sudden, what, he's spry playing 45 minutes? Because 45 minutes in that game is different than 45 minutes against no, it's you know, a, the, um, the the Nets in, in February. What was the Pedro thing, though? Well, it reminded me of Pedro. Near post-Pedro Apex in the 03 range, when it was like, yeah, you don't want to have 140 pitches from Pedro. There's going to be diminishing returns yeah, at some right. point. You want him to be around 100, 105. I think Embiid, the sweet spot for him this season is like 32 to 36 minutes, depending on how he's playing. To go into that, come out of that third quarter and he's at 33, you just know what's going to happen. Yeah, if you want to play him 42 or whatever, but like, how could you have not, how could you have not been like, hey, let's figure out a way to get you this this rest and I don't know that that would have changed anything because the game kind of played out for Philly the way I thought it would play out they had three possessions that weren't technically shot clock violations this that is were in the last three minutes yeah. so are you good with going here right now yeah, yeah I, I well, it's just we, the, the Brett Brown thing fell apart yeah what, what's the knock on Brett everybody likes him feels like he deserved the extension because of what he put up with with all those terrible teams and I get that but late game situation I don't understand this team. And Sixers fans, you know we're telling the truth because you feel the same way. To have three possessions in a row, and they weren't technically shot clock violations, only one was, but the other two basically were. One was out of a timeout. I would say the the three they tried to get for Redick was awesome Raptors defense. I mean, they were all good Raptors defense. Yeah. But, I mean, teams play good defense and they don't get three shot clock violations in a row in right. major possessions when it's game seven of the playoffs. So... I am a big, it used to be you have to have a point guard in these kind of game sevens when it slows down. Now it's like the way basketball has changed. You need a playmaker at the end of the game who can create a shot for him or somebody else and it's a good shot. So it doesn't really matter if it's a point guard. It could be Kawhi Leonard. It could be Durant. The Warriors have Durant. They have Curry. Even Draymond Green in certain situations. The Rockets have Harden or Chris Paul. What I saw from the Sixers it was basically like, hey, ah, Jimmy, you're going to have to run this, which is fine when it's March, when it's early April, when it's like game two of a series. But when you're talking about game seven with all the pressure that's in there, it, it's I'm sorry, but it's not going to be Ben Simmons. And you can tell us all the time, Ben Simmons is a point guard, is a point guard. He's a big, he's like, but it's like, this is why he's not a point guard because in game seven, how many shots? Four? Five. Four and for I, five. And I actually liked how he played in this game, that but in the fourth quarter, you can't really play him. Early on, you're going, wait a minute, is he engaged? He's frisky because he yeah, posted up a couple times. The game was a mess, but he would get switches. He got switched onto Van Vliet one time and then passed it out. Yeah. And you go, dude, they're not sending a double. Like, and Lowry what, another what time. What are you doing? Lowry. Yeah. And then he had a nice finish over Lowry. He kind of like turned right shoulder and threw it up off the glass. And you're thinking, okay, it looks like he's pressing. It looks like, I mean, in a good way, like he's he's pressing. He's got, he's playing with some momentum, some, some aggression. And then you go, oh, here we go. Well, all right, we're doing this again. I, Brett Brown had a comment. I texted to you after... I don't know if it was game six, you know, it was probably, yeah, it was probably like everybody's happy again. 
Yeah. And and Brett Brown, you know, I don't have anything against him. I just, I don't know if he's going to be there next year. I don't think anybody around the league thinks they're going to be there when they didn't get out of the second round. But he I, said, you know, we, we took Ben Simmons and we took a, a four-man in college and turned him into an NBA point guard. And I, I listened to that and go, yeah, what, did you? What, what are you talking about? Did you? He's literally the same guy. Yeah. He didn't turn him into anything. No. I, uh, I with about eight minutes left, I think I tweeted... I thought Toronto was going to win unless Butler just had one of those six. You were kind of funny in this game. Your your pendulum of like what you wanted to have happen. Yeah, initially I was just rooting for an awesome game, and then I found myself rooting for Philly because yeah, that was a weird stretch for you. Yeah, there was like a quarter and a half I'm rooting for Philly because I was like Philly Milwaukee would just be more fun. Just having these weird this weird Philly team in our life for two more weeks that'll be great. And then when they took the lead, it dawned on me how annoying and insufferable the Philly fans are going to be if they got out of this series. Yeah, we told you, Simmons the point guard, yeah. And I was just like, you know what, I'm ready for Toronto. <laughs> and then by the fourth quarter, I was like, I hope they Philly loses the most devastating, because then the Philly special Super Bowl stuff started coming back. I'm like, I hope they have a devastating loss. And it turned out it was one of the most devastating basketball losses we've had. I mean, watching that shot roll around, I actually felt bad. I felt bad for the Sixers. I hate the Sixers. We both love Embiid, though, right? We love Despite Embiid. Our, the critiques and, and some of the stuff here and there. I actually, I, I like, right. obviously like J.J. Redick. He has a podcast on the rigor. <laughs> I like watching Tobias Are Harris. Are you going to do a sit-down with Redick? You need to do that Yeah. Now. No, yeah. I, I like the Sixers players. Isn't it's just they, they're the No, they're the Sixers-Celtics rivalry. We've had it for 40 years. And then the Eagles passing. So anyway, uh, that was a brutal loss. And there were tears after, apparently from Simmons, from Embiid. JJ was getting choked up and I get it because I felt like if they'd gotten overtime, what is Kawhi going to take 47 shots? Like at some point it would have, you think Philly was going to win that? Cause I didn't love anything they did. So to me, five <laughs> minutes is just extended crunch time and Butler like this. Philly's going to win the game. I, I could tell what was going to happen. I go, Butler's going to look around and be like, and beads exhausted. He sets up too far away from the hoop and he takes too long to get into his offense. As great as he is. You're talking about overtime, right? So if it went to overtime, Simmons wasn't going to do anything. Tobias is going to take all the scraps of the ball rolled to him by accident. Oof. JJ maybe going to get one call for him and Toronto again on that one. One where they use Butler as the decoy and then got it to JJ curling around the top. Toronto defended that extremely well. Couldn't have done a better job. But Butler was going to decide that game offensively for Philadelphia. And I so, don't know if those shots are going in or not. I mean, he's not a great three-point shooter. He wasn't good today. He was one of six, five of fourteen overall. But I'm just sitting there with you going, and I said it. I go, this game, if Philly wins, it's going to be because Butler hits two ridiculous threes. And they didn't they didn't go in. So here's why I think in overtime they have a better chance because Embiid's not playing 50 minutes well whatever yeah with Embiid thing at that point you might he's he's limping around anyway it, but the Kawhi thing he yells out can we just run half <laughs> he called another time out the Kawhi thing was not sustainable you get over 40 shots and also he was playing like crazy defense on the other end I think it was more realistic that he gets tired and takes the Raptors with him than whatever scenario you want to give me for the Sixers like all right Embiid's tired great I have two other guys like Tobias Harris can at least create his own shot. Who was doing that on Toronto? Like no at some one. point in that Siakam overtime, on, yeah. it was going to be Kyle Lowry. It was either Abaka taking the possession after Kawhi couldn't do anything with it. But I mean, we can say that the shot Kawhi hit. I don't know how many times we've already watched and some of the stills that I've seen from it. Embiid did a fantastic job contesting. Tired Embiid. You, you got four seconds. It can only touch, like, don't get cute. Don't do some decoy handoff thing unless it would, like, you're down three and you're trying to get something from three. 
But for him to catch it and go all the way to the right, and he had Simmons and Embiid. Simmons trailing the play, and Embiid got a great contest on that thing. And he's I, seven foot three. And he, I mean, Nick Nurse, who is pretty, pretty shaky in this game seven, but had Siakam. Give me, out. Give me the. Sh- I'm not sure that I disagree yet, but I'm. I'm. What What was he so shaky about? I just having Siakam out there with four seconds left. What just, is he going to do? He, it's the ball's going to Kawhi anyway. Give him some space. I'm not guarding Pascal Siakam in the last four seconds of a game. Yeah, he I was done it, with Danny Green. He remember. We I don't know looking, what Danny Green did. We go 30 minutes, and then it was like, no, we got to get him out of there. I don't know if we go back and watch it. But Danny Green early. has been in more big games than anybody else in that game. I, I absolutely would have had him out there for that more than more than even Kawhi. Basing, but is he really going to take a shot? I don't there, know. Probably not. I thought Nick Nurse. There's there some weirdness going on. They needed a timeout when uh, when it looked like they were going to put the game away, and then all of a sudden Philly had that late run. Mm-hmm. And it just they they kind of let some stuff happen that I wasn't crazy about. But um, Kawhi was magnificent, and the two big picture themes coming out. I think we both agree Brett Brown is out. We've only heard it all year long. Yeah, I think he had to make the finals to save his job, and he did not. So the two big picture themes are what happens to this Philly team. Redick, Butler, and Harris are are all free agents. And then on the other side, did this change the narrative for Kawhi? Can we start with Kawhi? Yeah. I'm going to throw you my theory. Okay. On the outside media, talk shows, maybe other teams that aren't as connected to the player that we're all talking about, we completely overrate all of this emotional up and down shit and the outcomes that somehow Kawhi, who we've all heard, this is not his first choice to stay in Toronto, that the shot goes down and all of a sudden he's going, you know what? I like it here. These players, my bet would be these players are pretty much decided on what they want to do. And I don't think there's any outcome that makes Kawhi stay in a place that wasn't his number one option. Can I have a counter? Yes, because you are the counter. That was easily, easily the greatest moment in the history of the Raptors franchise. No doubt. Their their number one moment probably before that was Vince Carter almost beating AI in a game seven. I think was your number one Raptors moment right. that's, ever. That's why this is even nastier. Like there's a weird, there's a nasty tweet out there that I wasn't going to do. That's like, this uh, is only going to make it hurt that much more when he's a Clipper. Could they beat Milwaukee though? Who do you think Milwaukee wanted to play? I, if I, I was thought, Milwaukee, I'd rather play Philly. I've always thought Toronto was the best team. Um, now I picked Toronto to come out of the East, but I don't deserve credit for it. Cause I just wanted to do something different than everybody saying Golden State, Boston. Okay. So I'm actually, this is how gracious I am. I'm not asking for credit. Yeah. Um, I picked him to win game seven. So I, you know, I just thought that they were the better team. The game five scenario was tough for me to think Philly was going on the road. I mean, I just sort of like the home teams and we'll get to Denver a little bit later, but I think if Toronto had played all their guys, they would be the one seed. I don't, I mean, they didn't really, they, they almost kept pace with Milwaukee all season long and one team went full throttle the whole season, and the other one was like resting to try to recruit Kawhi. Be like, hey, you only have to play in seventy five percent of your games if you're here. By the way, th- this vindicated that whole resting the the load management thing with Kawhi. He had a huge load in this series. What he did tonight: forty three minutes, thirty nine shots, eight free throws. Was all over the place on D. Load management. Really, you're doing that? Yeah, you're making that connection. So I don't happened, like it. What happened with the load management? I don't like it. Indeed? I don't like it. I don't think it. I don't. I don't know. I, no, I, just, I think Kawhi's a cyborg, shit. and I think if they played seventy-eight games, Kawhi <laughs> would would be awesome. Yeah, the players was, have never had more rest hurt last year, though. 
Like oh, they had right. to he baby him the whole that's season. Right. I think hurt. I to get him to the point where he could play the game he played today, I thought was pretty clever how they handled it. I didn't like it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't no? know. If, I'm, I'm not going there with you. I don't. I don't know that. You still want to give Nick Nurse any credit? No, I don't think today's result was. A it wasn't just today. Of, no, no, it wasn't just today though. He he played like. seven game series and he was pretty heavy load this whole series. I mean, he was doing everything. And then you go back to the last round, same thing. I, I feel like he was doing more for his team in these playoffs in the first two rounds than anybody else did. And I think we had a lot of good performances, but I think he had the biggest... Jokic is up there. But I think uh, he had the biggest burden because he's also on defensively, he's their best defensive player yeah, too. Right. And that's, you know, and he's running the offense. My my point would be that I don't think you'd see some different Kawhi had he played more regular season games. That's, that's fair. Because I just look, there's let's keep arguing about it because there's no way to know. <laughs> <laughs> there's no back to backs. Guys have never had rest. And reviews alone, it's like a three minute timeout at the end of a game. Anyway. It would be funny if Kawhi then goes rips through Milwaukee. And then we have some sort of Golden State Kawhi showdown, and Kawhi actually it's like Iron Throne with Game of Thrones. Like the Iron Throne is kind of sitting there for Kawhi now. There is a chance we leave this season. And we're like, you know, the best part in the league is Kawhi Leonard. It's possible. Oh, it's definitely possible. Didn't play, but this is always the playoffs. Always remind me how little, not the people that are listening to this podcast, but there's just like this this universe out there that is trying to trick all of us that they've been watching all year. Yeah, and then you can tell that they haven't, and they're like, "Man, Kawhi's incredible." And you go, "You know, he was awesome all year long. He right. really was." I mean, but you hit that kind of shot, so I don't well, know. And they, and I, 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 so you think? But I mean, do you really think? Like, I'm sure a ton of Raptors fans believe this. Hey, hit that kind of shot, it's going to be tough to leave. I don't think he gives a shit. I don't think it's a tough to leave. I think the connection with him in Toronto has now deepened because you're now a hero in that place. You weren't before. You were this hired gun superstar who's passing through for a year. Now you've just delivered this tortured fan base that has just gotten their ass kicked by LeBron for this whole decade. And before that, the highlight of their entire run was when Vince Carter was good for like a year and a half. That's it. That's all you've had since the mid nineties. And this guy comes in and now you might have the best player in the league and you got him for, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. I like Pretty Pertl. Good. I do like Pertl. You love, you love <laughs> Pertl. You, you like Jeff Green, Rodney Hood you enjoy. Uh, so anyway, so that's one storyline to watch. Like if anything could swing Kawhi staying in Toronto, it would be this amazing playoff run where they actually win the title. Okay. But if they win the title, you could also make the same argument that he's like, all right, nobody's can, ever done it. You can't, you can't get pissed at me. Nobody's ever won the title and left. Yeah. But you know now, what? I'm not saying that will not happen this year. In 2010, you know what the thing was? Nobody leaves. Nobody leaves less mo for less money. And LeBron did it. You know that and we had still got all of his money later on, but. <laughs> we had a well nobody leaves but he left after a loss though he didn't leave after a win no but i'm talking about the the bet back then was and the way the contracts are structured for oh the yeah, yeah team, I got you. when you talk to gms in 2010 you're like hey what do you think what do you think what do you think and you go well nobody's ever done it nobody's been a full in his prime max guy that said you know what i'm just going to go ahead and leave i'm talking modern era here you know, yeah yeah so that was one big picture and the other big picture thing is just the Sixers really can't bring back this roster. So let, now, go ahead, go on, because that's that's as interesting as the Kawhi thing. Well, they just they can't bring back those five guys together from a salary standpoint. Because Reddick, Harris, and Butler, you can't afford all three with Embiid, with Simmons in a year. You can't have five max guys or close to max guys. So they probably have to pick two of three of the Reddick, Butler, um, Harris. 
I in March you would have said Harris was the likeliest to stay. I can't say I was that impressed by him in these playoffs. He played like a guy who hadn't been in a lot of playoff games, which is true. And missed it felt like every time during the course of this series, the ball swung to him in a big moment where it was like, oh, this is why they got him. And it was like, clang. I also think it's a really tough spot for him. I agree. Because. But we knew like, that before the trade. You're getting the scraps. Well, that's why after, you know, watching it for a couple months and trying to figure out like what the best version of Philly would be, I just gave up. I go, hey, there's going to be a night where they're going to win games. They're going to win games by a lot. They're going to beat good teams. And one of those guys is going to be a total donut. And it's not really even going to be his fault. And when I think about, you know, every team and how you build them, like you always kind of need one crazy guy, one guy that's not afraid to anybody. And if it's Embiid, Simmons, and Harris as your one, two, and three, and say it's Redick as your four, I don't like there's an argument to be made that you need Jimmy, who has the fuck you in him, right? To to play in some of these who, games. By the way, right. great play with him, four seconds left. The uh Oh, yeah, the strip and then the... Strip and then, but then it seemed like he might pull up for the hero ball three, but instead he did this really challenging layup. He did a really challenging layup. He dribbled into Ibaka. That was impressive. Got him off of him a little bit because Kawhi, remember earlier, had that just horrendous turnover. So I I look at this Sixers team and to me, this is a coaching and a front office failure first because you have all these assets and all these possible ways that can go with the trades you can make and you end up with only five guys that can really play in a game seven, right? And would you say anybody else Ennis, in that bench? And it's and it's maybe like five and a half. Yeah, Mike Scott kind of falls into my. I don't really trust a ton. Well, he is minus twelve and eleven minutes. Today. Remember when Jonathan Simmons used to be able to score in NBA games? They didn't play TJ at all, which shocked me. Nope. But the point is, like for all they gave up, like they they finally give up on faults. And they don't get anything back for him. That's they the problem, They don't get though. anybody they can play in a playoff series for him. If you think about the asset, like Fultz becomes a zero as the number one pick. You do I, Harris, and you also give up Shamit, and then you only Zyre get- Smith's your lottery guy, and he doesn't play. You do that trade, that's, I mean, that was partly bad luck, although I no, guess it's the medical luck. staff could be blamed for that one. But basically all the assets they had, it should have been easier for them to get at least like a six guy. And it was weird to me that TJ didn't play at all. I didn't understand that either because I, you know, against certain teams, he can give you a spark, but um, to just DMP him in a game seven, I thought was weird. I would have rather have taken my chances with Ben Simmons at center and TJ at point guard than Greg Monroe for even two minutes. Um, so anyway, uh, a really, really talented team. I was saying it during the game, I like an ugly game sevens I would just rather have the team that has more talent, even if they don't totally make sense as a unit. And I thought the longer that game went on, as it was close, I felt like it was good for them. And as it turned out, like if that goes into OT, maybe they win. They lose on a borderline miracle shot. Yeah, if they win that, are we saying, hey, this group's really good and bring yeah. everybody Jimmy back? Jimmy Butler, like, see, oh my God. I mean, there's there's too many times we can do this with the Warriors too, and we will, but there, there's just way too much of the okay, well, this happened, so that means all of these things happen and these things mattered and these... No one ever just wins or loses yep. anymore. Like, sometimes, like, hey, man, you just lost. It doesn't mean that you're totally flawed and because the team won didn't mean that that team is, like, beautifully constructed. So I always feel like teams... if That's an absurd amount of money to lock into five guys that haven't gotten out of the second round. So... And like, also Jimmy's 
I think it'll be 31 next year. I don't think it might be 31 JJ already. At that number, they've paid him 30 million the Feels last like two JJ's years. Feels like JJ's out at that number. Yeah, because if he's not, I think it's been harder and harder for him because he's the only one that offers him really any consistent. Well, Harris should offer him more spacing, but I don't even blame Harris for this stuff. But I'm going to give you a mailbag question early. Real quick though, the GMs like, will they want? I mean, that's a problem too. If you're signing as a player, but like you might be signing a four or five year extension, knowing you're going to get traded. So do you want to do that or you just want to give up the money and go in free agency somewhere else? You got to worry about that if you're Tobias or Jimmy. But right. do they really? He'd be like, yeah, give me a no trade clause. I'm happy to sign. <laughs> well, yeah. You... First two years of my deal, no trade. I don't think you could. You can't. Can't do that? Yeah. Do you want to hear Pierre's suggestion? A listener? Where's he from, first of all? I just I just said Pierre. and uh, All right. He said, uh, would you consider trading Simmons to the Suns? If they get a non-Zion top four pick, Simmons for Mikhail Bridges in their top four pick, basically. So here here would be the the case for trading Simmons and keeping everybody else. <laughs> I wonder if we were going to do trade Simmons I'm just going to do it really quick. Okay. The case is you're going to have to pay him the max too. Yeah. So what's weird is you, I guess you, you're in the, a similar situation where OKC was in 2012 where it's like, they could have signed hard and it wasn't going to hurt them that year, but the next year it was going to start to get untenable. Yep. And in Philly's case, they could sign these dudes and they could survive for this year. I don't think they can sign Redick. But as soon as that Simmons extension kicks in, this now becomes impossible. So the question is, if you could flip him to the Suns for, for, for a top four first and you get Bridges, and now that stops the timeline of now we have this other Max guy we have to pay. Now, now I've stalled that. I can sign Butler. I can sign Harris. I might even be able to get Redick, take somebody I can build around or flip the pick in December or whatever. Might that make sense? I don't know. Um, Did you see enough from Simmons in this playoffs to make you think that long-term him and Embiid are a viable combo? No. I mean, this is who you've been doing the podcast. I know. But, yeah. be, but even today. Unless another Game seven coach comes in, I think your idea was one of the best ideas I've heard about this team in solving some of their problems. Say you bring back all those guys. Say you say, screw it. We don't care. We'll go over. Now, granted, by the time you re-sign Simmons, if you want to keep him around, you know, forget guys like J.J. Redick. I mean, you're going to be lucky to have Andrew Bogut on your team in two years with the salary crunch that you're going to be But under, that, that's okay? what made the Shamit trade so bad. Why throw him in? Nobody's ever been able to explain that to me. I didn't guy, understand why Harris was an expiring free agent. If you were giving up the Miami pick, why did you have? Yeah, that's I, it. Done. Now, the Clippers I, are saying yes. The argument's going to be, well, you're going to have to well, find the salary somewhere else. Well, then we would have gotten should, Boban. Right. Well, Boban right. didn't. He didn't even play in this game. Boban's kind of like this skilled. Everybody has funnies in John Wick, and kind of overlooks yeah. that he can really not have great games. Boban might be the most overrated player in the NBA. Thoughts <laughs> <laughs> coming up because uh, uh, I think everybody expects him to fall apart. Yeah. Or just like strangle himself by accident on a rebound. And then when he does it, he kind of has a little soft touch from 10 feet. You're like, this guy's amazing. Quick break to tell you about the lottery show we're doing on Tuesday. We're going to do a little live show on uh, on Twitter, me and Rosillo. Coming on probably 7.30 range. Um, AM? That'll be PM. a long one. Oh, you did PM. some you did some AM on the East Coast this week. I did two two full days at Rosillo Car Wash. My dad was here and we turned the TV on and it was... You and Stephen A. and Max, and you were waiting patiently, and then they finally <laughs> threw it to you, and you started making your point, and you're about to get to the money shot, and Molly said, hold on, hold on, we're having issue with our audio, and it was like the all-time record screech. It was great. It was, uh, that was a tough hit on Thursday. 
It was good. You rallied back on Friday. On Friday, they had me back. I go, you guys, you guys want me back after that disaster yesterday? Yeah. And uh, it worked out. So I'm the comeback kid. Nothing is worse me. than the earplug audio, hearing people in your head. Five seconds after you're yeah, saying it. Yeah, oh my it, God. It's uh, tough. I still have nightmares. So yeah, so we're doing a little lottery show at Ringer. Uh, you can watch it on Twitter. And then we'll we'll also, we're going to take that down after the, after right after the lottery. And we're going to make that Tuesday night's pod, or at least part of it. Yeah, for here. Okay. Yeah. Back to back me. Wow. Um I have uh I have a lot of lottery thoughts that I'll be saving for Tuesday. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, and then uh the Talk to Thrones, the last one is on Sunday, speaking of Twitter shows. So there you go. Uh let's talk about we gotta we gotta keep moving. Sorry. Denver, Portland. Um speaking of rock fights. Dame. Now Dame this was a good test for how closely do you follow basketball? Because the knee-jerk reaction is, what the F is going on with Dame? He's terrible. I actually kind of like the game he played. His shots didn't go in, but I think Denver, after two weeks of playing Portland, had kind of figured out, all right, we got Harris. We got a little, uh, what's his Torrey face? Craig. Torrey Craig. Um, we're just going to jump every screen a certain way, and we kind of know how to at least make it difficult for him to shoot. He still affected the game. I think he had like 10 assists, 8 rebounds, something like that. And then CJ had um, the best game of his career, certainly the most important. And Denver just couldn't find that second guy. And that was the thing we had talked about on this podcast over and over again. What's going to happen in a must-win game if Jokic is the only guy they can go to? And Jamal Murray, who I think overall had a winning playoffs but just didn't have it tonight, they just didn't have the third guy. What was your biggest takeaway? I thought Denver was in trouble when it was only 48-39 at the half. Yeah, even earlier than yeah. that, where it felt like Portland should have been down 35, and it was like, yeah, and it's it a 12-point like game. 17 maybe yeah. at one point, and I'm like, oh, this is what I thought. It's funny, we both picked Portland. I feel like I still got the series wrong. Because, <laughs> right. you know, you just think, all right, Denver isn't good on the road. We know that. I think these teams are both good. I don't think they're great. I don't think that's really saying much there. But this is a really bad loss for Denver. Yeah, a really bad loss. Um, home. Lillard, Lillard doesn't do anything. You're home. McCollum's nuts. 17 to 29 for 37. And big credit to Portland and everybody with the whole, whether it's coach, whether it's Lillard and those guys saying, hey, man, CJ's got it tonight. And Lillard didn't do the thing at the end where it's like, well, whatever. It's still my team. And the I'm Westbrook turning his yeah. back on the play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Deciding that. Oh, because and they didn't even run a screen for CJ on that. Yeah. Very MJ Byron Russell push off. Or Harden's at home. Being I loved like, it. Where you know Harden's probably tweeting like, "How come you guys are going to complain about this one?" But just for you know Murray, who I felt like had finally kind of righted the ship a bit. You know, after those early. This San is the rub with him, though. Yeah. I never hundred percent trusted I, it. I started to like kind of buy into it a little bit more, and the fact that Portland, you know, Portland won Game Six because of their bench as much as any. I mean, no, Lillard went off in, in the third quarter with seventeen, but Rodney Hood was six. Seth Curry was really good. Don't forget um, my man, Collins. Oh yeah. I've been I've been in the I've been on Collins Island. I built one bedroom condo. Yeah, but you just guys spent have a lot plans. of time wandering around, going, "Why don't they play him more?" But I don't get it. Visit, you? You're like, "We're going to put an outdoor porch <laughs> here, and the garage is going over there." So, uh, I I like that dude, man. He plays hard. Oh, he's I really not like afraid. Him. He's, just, he's just too. He's too. He still gets his ass kicked too much. It's fine. He tries. Yeah, I want guys who try in a game seven. I you and his- I both liked Van Gundy and Jackson for that game. I thought they did a good job. And I think Jackson at one point just said, 
I just want guys competing in a game seven. I just want to look down my bench and say, which which one of these guys is going to compete for me? And that's who I'm playing. Collins was like that. I thought I he got, rose to the occasion. I loved the call of this game. It was loved great. It. Loved it. Great job by them. And it was it was just two guys that have been in it. And that's what you always want out of the broadcast. We didn't look, and it's not realistic. You can get out of every single broadcast because most games don't care as much as the games we saw today. Yeah. But for Van Gundy saying, you know, I can tell kind of like what you said, like everybody turns into who they are, but to hear Van Gundy say it, it's just more impressive than you. So <laughs> right, it's true. Cause he actually coached in game sevens. <laughs> you were like looking at me. I'm like, I'm, oh. no, I'm, like yeah. I'm like, Ryan, I've been in the stands for some game sevens. You've I know been what some it's big like. Ones. I have been in some big ones, but, but just, just a little small thing. I mean, everybody can see, but like, how about Denver going, all right, Tori, like you got to guard CJ now. Yeah. They've Dame is, from Dame. You don't, you don't usually see that because you, you would normally be like, hey, Dame isn't hitting anything. Stay the way you're going. And that's really good. And they're like, actually, let's switch you and Gary up on that one. Um, and then Portland on the other end going, all right, Evan Turner, you're going to run everything for us now. It's a game seven on the road. You're one of the most maligned contracts from the summer of 2016. Cap went up, though. The series is in your hands. Cap did go up. But uh, he had 14 yeah, fourteen so points. He had nine free throw attempts. Yeah, he was good. He was aggressive. I thought thought he was pretty good defensively too. And the other thing, the weird monkey wrench in this game was Hood went down, and 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 their season had gotten to the point where I'm like, oh my god, the Rodney Hood's in the tunnel. They're in trouble. I don't it's know like who the guy this was an afterthought three I, weeks ago. I mean, it's one thing to have a nice. He's been on a, a tear. Yeah, like I can't, I can't believe who this you guy's turned become. his, you turned his career around with that script. I do wonder how many players hate our. Who's your next guy now? Who I like, but hasn't proven it yet. Mm. Rodney Hood, vindication. Yeah, Rodney Hood's going to be writing stories it. about. Do we think he can be back for game one? Is he's he like, a max hey. guy? <laughs> Is he a max guy? Would you trade Jimmy Butler for him? Straight Semi max. Would you give a Butler in a first protected? Almost for a max Hood? guy. I mean, I've Cantor. I obviously big victory tour for me. Been I, I'm one of the few guys who just never gave up. I was wondering when they were going to bring him back in because he was out for a stretch. Although the canner is fasting and talking to Akeem Olajuwon storyline is approaching Josh Smith and Dwight Howard playing on the same <laughs> AAU team or the Kershaw and Stafford. And before anybody that takes it as being Reva, Randy Boston, White Chocolate were on the same football team in high school. There's nothing insensitive about this comment on it. It's just that like we got it. Yeah. We got it. Here and then it's like he's been calling Akeem Olajuwon for help. We're like, how long has that phone call been? Let's go to Lisa Salters. Lisa, tell us about Enos's room service order at three in the morning last night. Well, well guys, he had a carrot juice, protein bar, <laughs> egg white, some scrambled. Egg I mean, white, it would though. suck. It would suck not to be able to eat during yeah. the day. It would suck not being able to drink water. But we got it. We got it. A two-way short. Aaron Judge is not short. Competitor. I uh, I somehow talked myself into the Portland thing for a couple reasons for them winning because I like to imagine. All right, what's the next series? What are the narratives going to be? And in my head in game seven, I was like, Curry versus Curry. We're just going to get this rammed down our throats. And the thing is, they'll be like, some, somebody will have the interview with the mom and it'll be like, I mean, who are you going to root for? If I was in this situation, I would be like, oh, I'm going to root for my daughter. I like her more than my son. What are you talking about? That my might be my true. daughter's <laughs> way more loyal than my son. I'm totally rooting for her. If I, she, she would never put me in a nursing home. My son would kick me out off of the curb in 10 years. He could care less. I'm rooting for my daughter. I don't think Curry's parents will say that. Do you ever think about the nursing home decision for you? <laughs> Just as long as there's cable and maybe a PlayStation 4, I'm good. Like I, PlayStation get, I, 10. I, I haven't played video games in a while now because I write. Yeah. But... <laughs> 
I uh, <laughs> I think about how I will get back into him in a big way if I'm in a nursing home. Yeah. They, obviously. You I get, can't find the fucking guy. <laughs> you have a seniors Overwatch yeah. League. Yeah, you roll in. You're like, where's that fucking shield? I've been walking around that cave for a fucking uh, week. So anyway, the Warriors, I thought I could see Curry versus Curry. And then the other thing I was thinking about. Aisha, a lot of camera time. Remember She's going to update her avatars. KD, yeah, big for Aisha. Big for the Facebook, uh, whatever, watch show. show, whole deal. Look but out. the other thing, remember KD went on that CJ McCollum podcast last year? And there was this moment where he's like, I was so mad when you got Boogie Cousins. And, and KD was like genuinely curious. And I listened to it because- I got to know him at least a little bit from doing six podcasts. He's like a curious guy. I'd be like, why? He, he wasn't being a dick. He was literally like, why? Why were you upset we got Boogie Cousins? And and McCollum's like, well, you know, we're you, we're trying to beat you to win the title. And he's like, what? As the eight seed? <laughs> and he just like, he completely annihilated him. And McCollum got mad. But it, it was like watching the big brother with the little brother. Like, what are you talking about? You can't beat me in pickup. What yeah. are, you, are you crazy? Right. And now they're going to play at the Western Finals. And they will be playing that soundbite. So I think between Curry versus Curry and the McCollum-Durant podcast feud, we got two good storylines. Not to mention, does KD come back? Um, all that stuff. What are you I'm, hearing on that? Not hearing anything. Not hearing anything. You didn't tell me anything off the air. So I that was my first time teeing you up on that. No, um, I, I, I haven't heard anything on that. I haven't heard anything on Cousins. Um, we. I, I want to talk about that game in a second. The Cousins but, thing only would have mattered, I think, against Denver. I don't think it matters against Portland, and I so, don't think it really matters to be honest with you. But so Denver, big picture, I actually like the team they have. I thought they were a little short. I thought they needed like that one more like six eight six nine type guy, but uh, I don't think Millsap comes back because I think they have a team option for the thirty million. Thirty million, and that's he's now. What is he now? Ten million dollar player? Eleven. I don't really know anymore um, because there were stretches where Millsap looked terrific. And what would you, know, you pay him if you're a GM? Uh, for one year, he's probably twenty. One year? If I'm only giving him one year, I mean, I would. You nuts? He's not. You can't go average annual salary. I think he's on like thirty three or thirty four. Yeah, but the price, I think he's just, like a two the, years thirty guy. Remember I think though, he's in that price, Serge Ibaka range. Okay, but if it's one year, it's so much higher than what you think you would pay him. So you think he's like a JJ type? Yeah, of like Reddit got seventeen, and then kind of was almost like, look, we gave you seventeen in a one year last year, and then JJ got what thirteen? Yeah, this year I think so, he's somewhere between that. So he can either come back for way less or whatever. But I think that's a really sneaky good uh, free agent destination for somebody. Like, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, Jimmy Butler? Is that absurd? I don't know. I don't think you want. Do you want an ISO ball guy with with Jokic? Well, what do you want? Somebody fit? knows how to play basketball. Uh, Jimmy, know, Jimmy knows how to play basketball. He's just a little ISO-y. No, I'm JJ. Not, I'm not no, he's he too short. Doesn't. Try um, to think who the other free agents are. What about Tobias? He would make way more sense for them, and then he'd be a big forward who can make some shots. I think Rello that's what pick they and need. roll with them. I think that's what they need is a, is a big forward who can make some shots, and I don't know if that's. I mean, for everybody freaking out that we haven't said Michael Porter Jr. yet, you know, let's see let's what see. it looks like. Can, I, can also... I see four months of Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah. Not even like a week. I'd like to see four straight months of it. I have a guy for them, a uh, guy by the name of Kyrie Irving, I think would be perfect for them. Closer, leader, 
big games, hit the hit the game winning shot in the 2016 finals. Learn from LeBron that. James. So uh Kyrie. Well, it's not it's not gonna any of the it's not any of the main guys. You think any of the main guys are gonna go there? Why not? That team I thought they were one of the five best teams. I did. I liked them. It was a tough uh tough way for your season in, obviously, when <laughs> when Portland misses nineteen of their first twenty threes. Lillard is for him really, really off. CJ has a crazy out of body experience. And they're just running old school. Did you see the LeBron tweet, by the way? I want to talk about this really quick. I didn't. Because there's this whole thing, and it, and it started on Friday night when Houston lost. And then you saw it again today where it's a lot of like, ah, take that analytics. Yeah, what's going on with that? It's this weird analytics backlash. Eddie Johnson went bananas. Yeah, and a lot I of saw, people are in that. Yeah. What, you know what's great? A two-point shot. Two points or two points. I'm kind of in both camps because I hate – I, I'm actually glad that a team that took 53s in a playoff game went down. But on the other hand, like, you know, the fact that CJ was the only one making shots in a game seven doesn't say anything to me about the analytics movement. No, I'm not 100% on the analytics thing because more often than not, like, I don't like the condescending nature. Well, it's actually, it's both sides are so condescending to each other where it's the ex-player thinks all the analytic guys. And like, that's going to be really frustrating for analytic people being like, you're acting as if like the entire thing is pointless and it isn't yeah. pointless. And Daryl and the Rockets are a great example of like, look, we're doing this in a certain way with lesser talent and we're really close and it hasn't gone our way, but it doesn't mean, you know, like billions where yeah. they had an episode in the third season where the characters kept saying when they were talking about quants coming into Axe Capital and they were saying basically like Billy Bean never won a World Series. And then they say it again, like Billy Bean never won a World Series. And I'm just going, are they really going to do that? And then the hook at the end of it was Billy Bean didn't win a World Series, but Theo Epstein did using these exact same principles. So just because the Daryl and Houston thing hasn't happened the way we want it, like it's so clearly obviously working. But yeah, sure. Is there some obsession with three-point shooting that annoys me? I see guys maybe four or five times a game give up wide open layups to kick it out to a guy at three. Like you were gifted, the two points were right in front of you to lay it up at the rim, and you still kicked it out. I, offensive rebounds, where guys don't even look back at the rim, where you're guaranteed to get fouled. And it's like, no, let me kick it back out to a three-point guy. So yeah, there's things about analytics that have annoyed me about the game and some of the presentation of it. Some of the defensive stuff, I believe in the extremes, the middle pack defensive stuff I have a hard time buying into. But this two-point revival that's happened in the last few days is absurd. I also think... Um First of all, it's about finding inefficiencies and exploiting them. And a lot of these teams were like, look, if we do this, the math swings in our favor and we don't have a good enough team to win otherwise. So that's one way to look at it. Then you look at a team like the Rockets or even the Celtics and the Bucks that they're like, we have this signature player. And if we surround them with these guys and we play the averages, it gives us a better chance to win. I think the flip side of this is because now we've seen this a couple years in a row now, and it's starting to feel like it's not a coincidence. These teams that shoot a lot of threes, when you get to nut crunch time in game seven and they're not going in, you still need a plan B. And that and that's the teams that didn't have the plan B were the ones that were in trouble. Last year it was the Celtics. They didn't have a plan B. They go to that game seven. Nobody can make a three. It's like, well, now what do we do? Um Jason Tatum, you're 20. Can you yeah, can you carry us here? Every possession. Houston, same thing. It's like shit. We're not making shots. 
no, they're collapsing off the three point shooters. Everybody's missing. What do we do now? Well, it's like, you're not going to do anything. That's your season's going to end. So I think, you know, Charks wrote a really good piece for the ringer about what do the Rockets do now? And I know we're going to talk about them in a second, how hard it is to win when you're just perimeter, when that's all you are, when you don't really, it's just, there's no history. You can go back over, I don't know, 60 years of basketball reference postseasons, And you need somebody who can like get some rebounds and make a play. Like that's why I think Denver is so intriguing long-term because they have a guy, Jokic at the end of this game today, they started posting him up and he was like unstoppable. And it's like, if everybody else was hitting shots, they would have won. So that was the, that's plan A, but it turned into plan B today. My point is you need a balance of both. And I think Houston just swung too far away from that balance. And I, and I really regret picking them to win the title because I wish I had realized that sooner. I've, I've done a lot over the last couple of years of just kind of going, okay, what are the things you believe in that you need to start questioning more? Or what yeah. are the things that you've closed your mind off to that you will not accept that maybe you have to re-examine? Like how many things do you think you might be wrong about now in basketball? And, you know, in the beginning with the Rockets, I just, I'll never forget last year's series, the beginning of it, I'm going, well, this isn't going to work in a playoff game. Like, yeah. Give me a break. It's slowing down. And then it kind of started doing it. And yeah. I know we touched on this in the last podcast, but it was just funny. And it's not like the TNT guys are your go-tos and they hate the analytics so much. Like Barkley, who I love, I mean, everybody knows he's like my favorite dude ever, but you know, he hated the Warriors so much. He kept picking against them constantly. And then, then the Houston, title. Houston yeah. comes out with that offense and then he's just dumping all over them because it's like fueling his hatred for analytics. So I went through it a little bit. And started thinking like, okay, what? And I know how much you love my lists. but I like when you do the lists. Yeah, but so I, I did some real research here today because I was like, what are, what's the drop-off been playoff to reg- regular season to playoff? For three-point percentage? No, just offensive and defensive efficiency with some of the teams that we're paying attention to. Yeah. Okay? So Golden State uh, in the regular season was number one in offensive efficiency at 113 points per possession. Per 100. Yeah, right. That that would be high per possession. You're right. What do you think it did in the playoffs? Well, Golden State was pretty good offensively in the playoffs. I would say they were around 113. It actually went up to 115. Yeah. And now you could say, are you kidding me? I mean, that's 12 games. Give me a break. Whatever. Houston's, and maybe this is just 12 games, and, and maybe people were freaking that I'm even looking at this. Houston in the regular season was second at 112 per 100. In the playoffs, they went to 107. And they were kind of middle of the pack. So does that mean, oh, everything changes? No. I mean, it's, it's 12 games. It's one. I didn't even look at last year's. I mean, I could have done, if I was writing a column, I would do this big thing on it. I'm still a little undecided because I respect what Houston was able to do. Because on paper, people didn't think that last year was going to be a real challenge, especially after that first game. And even this year, I know you picked them. We started going through their games, their, their numbers, their net rating after the All-Star was break sick. was just like, wait a minute, are they like way better than we even think? Have they done the impossible here? And you know, you could argue game one or two could have gone, probably more game one could have gone their way. I just get back to, even though I couldn't stand watching them play, I got sick of the Harden thing. I really disliked the leaking of that audit of 2018 after game one to try to almost, I feel like it was propaganda to try to get things in their favor. It's terrible. I don't know that I would just give up on the Houston approach. So as you're saying, it's is it has it swung too far and that they're going too far with it? Or was that necessity? And honestly, if we look at this two-year run, they did a lot better than anybody thought they were going to do. I think that's all fair. Um, I think the problem ultimately for them 
in this series was two things. One was that uh, they got all out of sorts after that game one, and it basically made them throw away game two because they got so obsessed with the refs that it's just you lose those first two. It's so hard to beat the Warriors four out of five. That was one thing. The other thing is none of their bigs showed up. Looney was way better than any big they had. Looney's Looney, actually a good player now yeah, for their Looney. system. I know that sounds Wait, nuts the, to people. The Warriors are like, shh, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, right. don't, don't say anything. But he just completely outplayed their bigs. And even Jordan Bell in game six was really no difference to him and Capella. The Rockets needed Capella to be better. And they couldn't really keep him on the floor. You know, they really had to do the PJ Tucker small ball thing. Um, so, I, you know, it's tough. You need your top four in a playoff series, I would say, if you're going against the Warriors to actually come through and they didn't. But I still think we've talked about this before. The Rockets, that style, if you're just playing them on a Thursday night and you're on the third night of some road trip and you see that and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Harden has 50. But when you're just playing it, you know, seven times over the course of two weeks or six times, I just think it gets easier to figure out. I definitely agree with that. There's but no it's, question but, they had Harden figured out by game six. But it's easier to figure out when you're still as good as Golden State is. So, sure. you know, we got to look at who they lost to in this whole thing. Um, but I've, I've always felt that way. I always feel like there's less of a freak out about Harden thing. I also think there's different officiating crews that go into the game and it's not anti Harden and say, Hey, let's not look like assholes and give him a ton of stuff. Right. And you know, this for, guy for might embarrass the, us. I mean, he is, I've never seen a star. I'm talking even more so than Jordan. I've never seen a star be able to manipulate the entire league of officials as well as Harden did. And that's why I just couldn't stand it. And I freaked out about Houston after game one on my podcast. Where I was like, look, I'm admitting my bias. I'm not rooting for this team anymore, even though I like Daryl. I've stuck up for Chris Paul for a decade, and I actually do like D'Antoni. But, you know, being in New York and doing Get Up and first taking all those shows, Jalen Jacoby, don't want to leave anybody out. Uh, <laughs> all the media guys, as soon as Durant went down in game five, were like, oh, this, look at Houston. If you can't get it done now. And I'm like, okay, like I feel like this is a next game result freak out collectively by everybody. But then you had Jalen go, no, 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 no. This is the Warriors almost waiting for this opportunity to prove who they can be without Durant. And Legler said the exact same thing. And I started thinking, man, all the ex players. And then I was just like, I couldn't wait for game five. Like everything about Friday was going to be game five for me. And I went, who game would I six. take? Or game six. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, who would you rather have, Curry or Harden? I'd just rather have Curry. Right. Who would you rather have, Clay or CP? Heading into the playoffs, I would have rather had Harden. Heading into the playoffs. Right. Okay. Even so, three weeks ago on this podcast, I would have rather had Harden. To me, it was Harden and Durant were the two signature guys in the playoffs. I okay. think as the playoffs went along, I just think it's harder for him to do what he does. So anyway, keep going. And he still, by the way, had a... It wasn't like he had this horrible, just a horrible game six statistic game, by the way. Um, but there's some things that I didn't like there at the end. All right, so that's two for two. Draymond or Tucker? Draymond. Clay Gordon was a good back and forth. Clay obviously had the upper yeah. hand. In Iggy game six. Gordon, you could you could argue Gordon. That's fine. I mean, you know, but Iggy was huge for them in game six, and then Capella Looney. The, the I love gap, Iggy. The gap isn't really there. So if you just present it that you way, you didn't mention Swedish Larry. I didn't. Swedish Larry versus Gerald Green. Jarebko got some shots up. The Swede. Uh, but my point is, like, when you do it that way, you go, why was everybody automatically, like, what we do is we look at Durant and go, oh, he's the best player in the world. Let's take away 30 points. Now they're going to lose the rest of the series. And you go, I don't really think that's the way it works. The thing, though, you know, going back to the playing a team over and over again, 
Here's a good example. And they did a really nice job in the broadcast today breaking this down. They showed how game six, when they when Lillard was using the pick, Jokic was too low. Yeah. And he was picking him up 22 feet, but Lillard was 27 feet, and he would just shoot the three over him. And then they were like, now watch what he's doing in this game. He's four feet out, and it's screwing up Lillard. And here's what it's doing, and blah, blah, blah. That's the whole adjustment thing when the announcers talk about adjustments. Like, that's the definition of it. And with Houston, I just think the longer the series goes, we've seen it now two straight years, it just becomes tougher for them to adjust off the two weeks of adjustments from the other side, not to mention the defensive part. And I, you know, Mike D, so he, I I had somebody look this up in game six and game seven for his career. He won his first four, game six or game seven. He's lost his last seven, game six or game seven. I think as the series goes along and other guys are trying to figure out new shit, He's just like, yeah, this is what we do with that look on his face. It's kind of who he is. So get back to one of the best things you said through this whole thing, though, is is like trying to figure out if we really, with the advancement of how teams are playing now, using the Rockets as that example, because I still think when you get back to like, well, dude, they lost to Golden State back to back years. So what does it really mean? And I, and as an aside, I think they're going to bring back most of the group. Daryl's bold. Maybe something happens to Chris Paul, but they're just going to go, especially if Durant leaves Golden State, they're going to say, hey, look. Let's just see what happens with this same. They got to figure out the Capella thing. Yeah, but I wouldn't write him off as bad as it looked in this series. But he's good trade bait. There, there's that, and you know when you looked at some of the rebounding numbers when Houston looked like they were riding the ship here, you're going, oh wait a minute, you know, like Golden State had before weird we, things. Go ahead. Before we do Houston, can I tell you about Hulu? Yeah, Giannis is the only player to ever get a signature slipper deal. Hulu is paying Giannis a lot of money to wear fluffy green. Hulu has live sports slippers. God, I wish I could have a pair of those slippers when I'm watching the playoffs live on Hulu. They also got Joel to change his nickname from the process to Joel. Hulu has live sports and beat. And Dame Lillard got a tattoo that says Hulu has live sports. The most blatant form of advertising I've ever seen. Clearly, they really want you to know that Hulu has live sports. You can watch live sports and news, your favorite teams, the biggest games on 60 plus top channels for just $45 a month. That's right. Follow your teams all season. No cable required, live TV plan required, restrictions apply. Learn more at hulu.com. So the difference between Portland and Houston for me, Portland's big guys actually came through in that game seven today. I don't know what the Collins Cantor final numbers are, and I know they gave up a lot of stuff to Jokic, but for the most part, they at least were able to get some putbacks, some... So, you know, a couple post-up plays. They were defending the rim. Zach Collins, I think, had four blocks. I can't believe that Portland's big men with Nurkic out were more effective than Houston's big men, but that's where we were. And uh, and this goes back to the piece Charks wrote, where when you're just relying on perimeter guys and that's it for your playoff run, when it gets to four rounds with things slowing down, you're going against a longer team, the familiarity, I think it's really, really hard. So are we starting to see then, and this is what I might be open to now, are we starting to see a bigger gap between what regular season basketball is and playoff basketball is? Absolutely. I was thinking about this the other day. like Because that's what I, I too- When we were growing up, it's last like- Last few days going, wait a minute. Yeah, when we were growing up, Larry Bird was the best player in the 86 season. Then he became the best player in the playoffs. And Magic was the best player in 87, and he became the best player. And you'd have the occasional Michael Jordan- winning the MVP, but then, you know, losing to the Pistons in seven. Um, For the most part, the best player was the best player for eight months. 
And I think now it does feel like there's two seasons. And I also think- Do you regret your Harden vote? Oh, you voted for Giannis, so you definitely don't regret it. You know what I really don't regret is Jokic being my number three MVP and Lillard being four. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why we make the big bucks here on the BS podcast for those Would great MVP Would you put in beat fifth? I didn't put him in the top five. Didn't play enough minutes for me. I did, I think, put him first team All-NBA, though. That was your thing, is you had Jokic third, but you had him beat first team. I just think Jokic is... We should do a quick Jokic thing just for a split second here. Jokic for the for the playoffs, 14 playoff games, which is a real sample size, and he was 29, 13, and 9 for the for the entire playoffs. Like this guy, it's funny. I always thought like Bill Walton, Sabonis, these passing big men who could score. Both of those guys got hurt. We never really see what the potential of those guys were. And Jokic, go back and watch the Walton highlights. Go back and watch the Sabonis highlights. I think Walton was a much better defensive player. Walton was like an A plus list defensive player. And Sabonis, well, he guys had also seven thought foot he two. smelled bad, and they didn't like going. <laughs> Maybe into that it. was part. of No, that's it. a true story. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah. Go go. Oh, because he was that. vegan. I don't know if it was vegan. It just may have been habits. Just, back okay. Then. I've never asked Bill that when I've interviewed him. I should. So those guys are better two way players. But I think when you talk about the uh, the the legends the passing playmaking big men, what he did in that playoff series, even if it was only 14 games, that's a pretty big sample size. He played like 600 minutes, putting up basically a 30, 14 and 10. I, and he I was like almost a 50, 49 percentages too. Yeah. Because it's just a coming out party. Making you know, for the threes. People that don't, and think he's the most, well, he's, he's far from a traditional big man, but the way he was trying to close out this game, because Murray didn't have it going, you know, Torrey Craig took that horrendous three after the chase down yeah, block. Was, was like the worst shot of the entire game. It felt like Millsap could have Millsap, posted up more and done stuff. But Millsap they, didn't have it going. Um, and then Gary Harris is going to... And then Malik Beasley has like one play a game where I'm like, this guy is awesome. And then I look up his numbers like, okay, he's 0 for 1. <laughs> Great. Uh, but the but, thing with Jokic, though, like usually young guys take a couple years to get where they were in the regular season. He actually was better in the playoffs than he was in the regular season. I think that's a substantial takeaway for like if i'm a nuggets fan i'm going we have one of the best five offensive supporters in the league like yeah. we're, we're here now for the next 10 years if he doesn't get hurt i was going through some of the free agent stuff but i just don't know what they're going to do with the cap number like if they decline the 30 million dollar option of Millsap, they like, have would to. they be able to yeah but do you do that because you know you have a deal in place like no, chris, just, chris middleton is going to take the five years from milwaukee you ooh. know what i mean chris middleton on denver would be nice but I don't. I don't think it's even realistic. I think you you yeah. go down this stuff. Is Bogdanovich? He's an unrestricted free agent. Actually, I don't think that. Can we have the Harden conversation? I, uh, I thought we did sort of already. No, no. I want to have just, the an aside real quick. I'm just happy for Jokic because now, like his, it sucks what happened in Game Seven. Yeah, but it wasn't on him. He nope. didn't have this moment where we're doing this thing with every superstar that's like a top ten guy. And we want to reclassify him every single time. Um, but it's just a coming out party for him, even though it's disappointing and they had a great regular season. It's just now his stature around the league is entirely changed because of what he did, even with a losing series. So I'm, I'm pumped for him on that. Me too. I absolutely loved every single thing I saw from him in the playoffs. And Duncan's the guy he grew up with. I went and reached, I'm like, who did he watch? Oh, that's interesting. And it was, he goes, when I was a young kid and he actually didn't want to go to practice and his father would bring him to practice and he'd cry about it. So he was soft originally. And, um, he, <laughs> he said, Duncan was his guy. He said that was the guy he wanted to play like. They're very close to being able to. I mean, you think about what the Bucks did with Giannis. If they can do their version of that, just guys who make sense with Jokic, that's the only thing they should be thinking about. Yeah, so it shouldn't be who Jimmy fits Butler with types. This, it, ISO, should, it should be like Tobias right. types. Yeah. 
guys who can do pick and roll move with Buffalo. Kyrie. So Harden, do you do you feel like he choked? No, because I don't. I think there's other games where you go he choked, you know, and then people would turn it and he was tired. You seem to think he choked. I don't. Yeah, because I don't. I, I didn't. Leave I thought game he had a couple really, really. Suck. I thought he had a couple really horrible plays in the in the last eight minutes, but for the most part, I just think the Warriors are a historically great team. Maybe the best five year run we've seen in, I don't know, fifty years since Russell Celtics. I mean, seriously. I, I don't even feel Jordan like left Celtics. after three Bulls titles. This is the best five year run we've had. So. um you know, I, I think that has to factor in. I didn't think Chris Paul, he was good in game seven offensively for the first three quarters, but was bad. I mean, sorry, in game six, uh, was not good in game five. Gordon was doing more than I think anybody expected. But then other than that, he's like Gerald Green taking shots. Gerald Green took nine shots in 12 minutes in game six elimination yeah. game against the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. And the they kind of needed him to take great. the shots. The hard numbers, yeah, 11 and 25, great. 6 and 15. But and some really bad turnovers. The turnovers there at the end. You know what else kind of pissed me off about Houston at the end? Is once they seem just brain dead, yeah. it seems to happen to them collectively. And to let Curry get the ball that many times at the end of the game to just just put up free throw after free throw after free throw. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, and it just like Harden had a couple where he just kind of lost them and let it them just get the seems inbound. like just take out Curry and Clay. Let everyone else beat you. That's I don't, I don't goal, understand how Curry's Cleveland doing a, anything. Cleveland did a great job with that in part of the comeback. As great as LeBron and Kyrie were, and they were awesome in five, six, and seven, they consistently stuck with the game plan of just selling out against those guys. And I, we haven't even done the Steph thing, so stay on the Harden thing because well, just we I thought he was Steph. I thought he was too careless. And I, you know, this goes to a bigger thing about certain guys, like the the people who dominate the ball. In, as you as you get deeper and deeper in a playoff series, it becomes one of those things. They're doing everything. They're doing everything. And then it's like, okay, now you make one. And I just think it's really hard to play basketball that way. You know, Ryan, I've played basketball, as have you. This is well, drink, like drink a, if you're listening home. Our Westbrook but thing. It's just hard to just kind of, yeah, it's like Westbrook. It's like, like LeBron those last four. Six months and just waited for you to give me the ball when you've abandoned everything you want to do. Yeah. And the same thing with the Cavs. Like, why is George Hill playing much better on the Bucks this year? Well, um, because he's a little more empowered with how the Bucks use him. On on LeBron's team last year, it's like, all right, you stand there, I'm gonna do stuff, and when I pass you, you're gonna make a three. Or I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Like that's not basketball. And I, I think over. Well, that's and over not again, basketball with LeBron. Like he never ever should have had a traditional point guard with him. Like all those years when they were saying like they should, they should get Chris Paul there or they nah. they need to do this. You go, that's that's the dumbest thing you can ever do. LeBron's only going to play it his way. So I don't think it's necessarily bad for No, we're we're for, arguing the same point. Yeah, right. It's bad I'm just for saying George like Hill. it's bad for George Hill right. to just be like, okay, now I'm just the guy over here. So last year's team, they had Rodney Hood, they had George Hill, they had uh Larry Nance. Larry Nance, Clarkson. But just Clarkson I just, was like, I know I'm going to get a couple up here. I just think I, th <laughs> I think LeBron's hard to play with. I think Westbrook is hard to play with. I think Harden's hard to play with, which made it so crazy that they're having so much success. So do you think like, we should look at Harden's regular season then and look at it differently? So instead of saying this is the greatest offensive season we've ever seen, you go, OK, it's this system. It's this thing. He's great. But it was like 
there's almost like a 25% correction that you have to put on this. Thing. No, I think it goes to your point about regular season versus playoffs. I think he did everything he had to do in the regular season. They were going to miss the playoffs. See, I, I, He had to put the team on his back. I didn't love watching it, but I appreciate what he did. Me too. So that's, that's where I'll always be with Harden. And look, I argued with you about the MVP thing because I think when they had no fresh bodies and he did what he did, but I still think Steph could do... I think there's other players in the league if you just said, hey, well, this is what we're going to do for about a month and a half. I think other guys would put insane numbers up. So this goes back to the Warriors thing that we just talked about. And you and I had the same instinct. You you got talked into it by a couple of people raising the point, And then you going, oh, I felt this way. As soon as I started hearing like, we're going to have three game sevens on Sunday. And I'm like, all right, so we're pouring dirt in the Warriors because KD's not going to be here. Got some intel from a couple of places like, yeah, however they feel about KD, they're going to really enjoy the chance to play without him on Friday night when everybody thinks they're going to lose. Like, this is basically their 2015 nucleus. The best four guys from the 2015 team are now in this game. They don't have KD. would be like, hey, you know what? And whether however they feel about KD and him leaving all that stuff, there was a little bit of a fuck you edge the whole game where it's like, yeah, we're still really good. We're not like the fucking sidekicks. I have two MVPs. Clay Thompson's one of the most immortal shooters of all time. Iggy's going to the Hall of Fame. And Draymond, who has been awesome for the past three, four weeks, like those guys are really good. You just gave Iggy just. Iggy's a, going to the Hall of Fame. He, pro he probably, because it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, but man, yeah, that he's seems. He's 100% going to the Hall of Fame. That seems. Really? Yeah. Antoine Jameson's going too. I hate to break it no, to you. No, Jameson's going. Yeah. So is Iguodala. Dwight Howard's going. I know so it's going. I but. tweeted before the game. I rarely do this. I rarely tweet predictions because we now live in that era where they, if it goes wrong, people, and they throw it back in your face. What's your problem with Catholics? <laughs> <laughs> so I tweeted on Friday night and I didn't want to give it away. I didn't want to come out and totally say but I said, there's an unbelievable, nobody believes in us gambling opportunity tonight. It's almost a historic anomaly. It's so fantastic. I'm afraid to say anything else. This was the Warriors getting seven. I, I just couldn't believe places. it. I thought yeah. the line was going to be like Rockets by two. It was like seven? So that's it. The 2015 Warriors were just pouring dirt in them. And hopefully they can get to a game, to keep game seven close. Like, get the fuck out of here. Okay, but the guys were... I don't want to argue against myself here, but I mean, I think it's at least fair to say that whatever 15 version they had, they they had others. They had a better bigs. They had a few more. Sean Livingston was yeah, a but it was still they had then, the four best yeah, guys from that they team. Had the four best guys. And those guys. And have... Iggy was incredible. Iggy was, I mean, him making threes. You can point to all different things of how you get to the ending that you got and to. And same coach. Uh, yeah. I think those guys really take a lot of pride in this five-year run. And whether Durant comes back or not, I think it's really meaningful to them. I, I I wrote a whole book about the secret to basketball and all that stuff. Secret of basketball. I think Curry is one of the best examples historically ever of somebody that really just wants to win and doesn't care. I, I honestly think he does not care about stats, all that stuff. And But a situation like Friday night, when people are like, oh yeah, this is going seven. I think him and Clay and Draymond look at each other and like, Really? So did you know the story that Steph booked the court to get shots up before the game? The story that the Athletic had to write the retraction on? They said it was the day before, and then it was like, no, actually it was Sunday. Oh. Yeah, they screwed it up. But 
Um, Let's cut that out then. No, 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 no. I think we should leave it in because it was the same story. It was just it wasn't the night before. Oh, it was earlier right. in the because they series. were screaming. You kicked me off the court. Yeah, that's but that that but was it, a real thing. Right. Okay. So I'm a Steph fan. Watching game five, not six, but watching game five, he took three shots in the first quarter. And here we go again. Like social media is very weird with Steph. Yeah. And I have said, and I think I'm probably the best source for this because when you host a national show and you're in it every day for three hours, every day for years, you see what the temperature is about a player. Yeah. And Steph, I've always felt is like the most disrespected superstar in his sport. I've never seen anything like it. I think other players don't take him seriously. I remember once being in the green room at ESPN and it was two former athletes and a, a female sideline reporter. And they're all, I'm trying to, remember, I, I don't want to give away too much. And I was, I was the only white guy. Was it Lisa Salters? No, it wasn't Lisa Salters. And was it Teddy Bruschi? <laughs> <laughs> I would never say anything about Teddy because I'm I'm afraid of him. Even He's though he best. really, I ended up being one of the first people Teddy Bruschi liked. He's a Super Bowl champ. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, not at all. But we were talking, and then it was like a bunch of Steph eye roll shit, like two years ago. And I'm going, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Oh, Katie's." And I'm like, "Yeah, but like you watch what they do and this stuff, and there's actually a lot of numbers that tell you that." Steph's the one that kind of makes it go because every defense is freaked out about him all yeah, the time. He's like, Tyreek Hill. Watch him on curls, Tyreek Hill, right? And they they were all like dumping on him. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was like, let's do this right now. I go, who would you take over Curry? And the, you know, as soon as it got to Westbrook, I just went, well, you guys are nuts. I'm like, yeah. you guys think Westbrook's? They're like, I'd rather go to go to a fight with Westbrook than Curry. What? And and I just and look, that was that was a very small sample of three people, but I've seen it for years. And so when he has the game five, he has the soft rep. That's why. right. When with he has, not deserved it at all. Thing, you know, growing up with a family that is a former NBA player, rich and, kid. And it's at the forefront. It's like so he must be soft if he's a rich kid. And all the years of like. Oh, look at look at some of the stuff that didn't have his game seven when they blew the three one lead. He was, he, you know, by his standards, he wasn't very good. But in that first quarter of game five, Bill, he was playing everything perfectly. He wouldn't force it. He wasn't taking those 30 footers because he has Durant. Um, then he was actually just terrible in the second and third quarter. And then he figured it out again and played the way we remember what he looked like without Durant in the fourth quarter. He's bad again in that first half. Everybody's got all their stuff stuff. Well, you got like the foul trouble thing threw him off. And I, I think as fans, we forget the foul trouble thing throws people off. Yeah, but he's missing layups left yeah. and right. And so you can talk about the finger being injured, which I think it is. But at the same time, like if you're going to get 30 in the second half, your finger's not like it's not preventing you from doing anything. So what is wrong with you? He's also for one of the smartest players I've ever seen. He's incredibly careless with the basketball. Yeah, he does sloppy. make stupid foul decisions. He doesn't manage his fouls very well. But I would think at this stage of the game with Curry, like what's the argument anymore? Like why are we still doing this thing where we want to drop him from like top five to not even top ten because he'll have a shitty playoff game? Well, he's, and, he made first team on, or he's gonna make first team on. Yeah, I know, but that's I think it's a, see. I'm going the other way. You don't think any of that stuff? Like I'm no, telling I th you, it I all think, exists. I think what you're saying is true. I also think sometimes he gets too much credit because if you left that Friday night game, you're like Steph, and it's like you realize Clay saved their fucking ass in the first half of that game. Because no nobody doubt. else can make a shot. Yeah, and, and, and Steph's and on the poor, bench. And poor Clay was an afterthought. It was Steph, up until the last three minutes, was having an average game for him. And then made a couple of the most ridiculous shots in his career. But Clay, I thought, 
you know, I really thought that was Clay first half, Steph second half was my takeaway in that game. Well, that's there's no there's no argument against it. I guess, but that's but nobody look, was saying as, that though. As somebody who thinks that Steph, and this is driving some people crazy listening to what others are like, finally. But I've said this stuff before. I I do. I've just seen enough. I've as a national talk show host, you're sort of the funnel of everything, and it it all comes to like your show, and you hear all of these different voices, and then you have things. to like come up with the best and, take. And, yeah, and then you go. Wait a minute! People really like are still doubting this guy. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really get rooting against somebody like that who changed this game. And no, he's one he's of the just, top twenty-two, twenty-three players of all time. The other thing, I can also understand because the Durant thing, everybody just hates these guys and are totally sick of them too. So let me not, let me not omit that. But, the, go, but going to Friday hate. night though, and I'm not the first person to make this point. You know, we've been thinking a lot. Of what does this team look like if KD leaves? And I think just because we haven't seen in a couple years, you know, it's clear how much Clay and Curry sacrificed. Like I, that's kind of my point too. I, but yeah. I had actually kind of forgotten how good Clay was with the ball because all we do is just see Clay running, kind of stand there running circles, and then shoot. Like they use them like JJ Redick basically. And it's like, oh yeah, this guy is actually like a playmaker and a creator, and we never see it ever because he's the fourth option all the time on this team. So I don't know. I, I think I think there's a world KD leaves. I'm they get the three peat. And hope- it'll be kind of fun. It'll be fun to have he has his own team. The Clay Curry, Draymond, they add like some weird shooter. Yeah. Swedish Larry gets more time. And Looney's then- <laughs> their number one option. Curry's playing off. <laughs> Looney of gets a max contract. But I, I'm just excited to have that team back because I Jacob love Friday Evans night. Tears it up. I really enjoyed Friday night. I like watching that team. I do, and that's what I want it to look like. I, yeah, I want me Durant too. to leave. Me and too. I'm okay with it all. Go to the Knicks. Yeah. It'll be great. Go to the Knicks. Trade for Davis. Let's get another super team in here. Um, I'm with you. I think Curry uh, is weirdly for as much fuss, attention. Um, talk radio fodder he provides all that stuff I still think he's weirdly undervalued I don't think he's underrated I think he's a little undervalued I don't think people 100% understand all the stuff he brings to the table I don't think they do either I think it's been written about you can go back and read some of the pieces Zach's written really good pieces about it Um, but I, I he can affect a game and have 17 points you know he can dramatically affect the results without having to shoot 39 times and I think there's something to be said for that. So I have nothing else to add to him because I already did my thing. And let's that take a was, break. that's somewhat repetitive anyway. Oh, before we come back from the break. Yeah. Van Pelt did offer up his version of a Magic Johnson tweet he wanted me to include. Great. All right, let's take a break. Simple Safe Home Security. You know they're from Boston, right? Yep. Talked with them. I like Simple Safe because it's a great security system. Awesome protection. Very easy to use. And they're from Boston. Simply Safe got started after a Harvard engineer's friends got burglarized when they went to get a new security system. It was a hassle, too complicated, too expensive, terrible contracts. So you built something better, comprehensive, easy to use protection, no contract, fair prices, keeps your family and home safe 24 7, only $14.99 a month. Better yet, engineered to keep working during power outages, down Wi Fi, or even if a burglar smashes your keypad, thoughtfully designed, never in your way. Go with the only home security I trust, Simply Safe, by going to simplysafe.com slash BS today. Simply Safe with two eyes, simplysafe.com slash BS for the home security I trust. Well, I had a couple more things on my slate. Barkley said today, 
I'm going to, he was talking about how Embiid and Simmons were mad that he criticized them or something and Embiid said something about it. This is a recurring thing where the players get mad at Barkley and the guys. And Barkley said, I'm going to criticize guys if they deserve it. And if they don't like it, they can kiss my ass. Actually, that was a fair point because he does praise them too. He actually was right. He gives and he takes away. And you can't just focus on the criticism. That's it. Didn't you say that once about? I call it like I it? see it. Was it Jack Sigma when you used to be on Countdown? Jack Sigma. This guy's a clown. And if he has a problem with me, he knows where I live. 617. Doc Rivers? <laughs> that was uh, Doc Rivers. It was Doc Rivers. What did he say about you? No, he's, he said, he I tried to him, make believe he didn't quit on the Celtics. He 100% quit on the Celtics. He had a contract. He tried to do, he did a thing that was kind of clever. He was like, well, if he goes, I don't like calling people names, but if I did, I would call him an idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> couple, couple, uh, couple mailbag questions. <laughs> you guys are cool now, though, right? We're fine. All right. Greg Mulligan from Indianapolis says, I recently realized that Tobias Harris has a great shortened name similar to A Rod or J Lo. Let's call him Toe Hair. No, not terrible. Didn't think about Toe it. Toe hair. Toe hair. Toe he, hair. Kind of quiet tonight. I don't think he's going to like that one. No. Okay. Daniel Evans. Toe won. hair. No clutch gene. <laughs> uh, Adam from Texas, fan of all things of the ringer says, am I the only one who thinks people are using the term gentleman sweep way too casually during these NBA playoffs? In general, I've noticed that this year. And I think it's a social media thing where just the race to keep being clever I remember this happened with Podium Game a few years back. People try to get something going. And now it's like gentleman sweep, douchebag sweep, all these different sweeps. And it's like, you know what's a good word for a sweep? Sweep. What's a douchebag sweep? I think that's <laughs> when you let the team win game one and then they win the other four. Oh, I like I think that. Skeets came up with that. Our friend Skeets. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, you I know like Canner's been talking to Akeem. What? Yeah, Ennis Kanter's been talking to Akeem throughout the playoffs. Did you hear he's not able to eat or drink? I did. He had to get room service. Today he's getting room service, like 245. <laughs> Can I get an omelet and some court beef hash? Um, Marcus Gray wants to know, is James Harden the basketball equivalent of Clayton Kershaw? I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. Just let it let it simmer for a second. We put it on the grill. Hold on. I'm going to flip it around like some bacon. Hold on. Flip it around a little. Okay. Yeah. Say it again. Say it again out loud. Is James Harden the basketball equivalent of Clayton Kershaw? So we'll be back in the Will Kane show after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be, hey, Clayton Kershaw's not James Harden, and I'll tell you why next. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I screwed that up. Uh, I, I don't hate the Clayton Kershaw thing. I got to be honest. So Kershaw, in the beginning, I'll go back like a couple years when everybody was like, he's not very good in the playoffs, not very good in the playoffs. Like I went through the game logs again yeah, and looked small at it sample size. and was like, wait a minute, this actually is really misleading because yeah. the overall numbers are bad, but not it's like fair. two bad outings and then it's not. And then it got bad again. And then it got bad again. And I was like, I can't, I can't fight these people off anymore. I can't, there's nothing I can do with it. So I would say that's almost insulting to Harden at this point. Daniel Evans wants to know, is James Harden the Night King? Game of Thrones spent most of their show gassing up the Night King, only he crumbled when it was the most important. Kind of like James Harden. That's harsh. That's funny because I again I don't I don't feel this was not I have three or four other terrible Harden performances on the way out to look to. Yeah. So this one in game six didn't leave me like I wasn't back at the hotel going, this guy sucks again. Like I it wasn't even close. Like I didn't think he had a great game, but it wasn't I had other that would be like if the Night King 
had four worse scenarios than getting killed by Arya. <laughs> right? Like he didn't pay his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> when my grandkids come see me in the nursing home and it's between games for the Overwatch League for the senior citizens <laughs> thing, and they ask me, Grandpa, who are the most clutch players you've ever seen in basketball? Harden won't won't be won't come up. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that there. What about Kobe? Nah, he won't be really mentioned either. Kobe pulls Kobe really has pulled some of those amazing it's tricks a, on the world. It's like amazing. That's that's his brilliance. It's not just his basketball ability. He has fooled everyone multiple times. And just his approach and demeanor and the sticking the jaw out convinced people for 20 years he was the most clutch guy to ever do it since MJ. And it's a, just, it's a control your own narrative shot. thing. He just like took the shot more than other guys. I'm not it, saying he's not awesome. He's incredible. But sometimes the narrative takes hold. Chauncey Billups' nickname is Mr. Big Shot. I did a whole thing on my column like 10 years ago, just completely debunking this. Now, not remember, only is he not Mr. Big Shot, it actually was kind of veering toward the other way where he wasn't Mr. Big Shot. I remember when I went through this, it, it may have been 10 years ago. It's so now shocking. it's not going to be bad. If you really wanted to break down like who's the great, like less than 24 seconds within two points, that kind of stuff. Yeah. There was a stretch where Mello, I think, had like the best. Yeah, Mello was lights any, out. Lights out, yeah. best of any of the superstars. And yep. That was a while ago. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. You're right. Like the Kobe narrative just took over and then everyone is like shouted down. What Kellerman said about Kawhi being more clutch on first take this week than Kobe. And then everybody just starts acting crazy. Like, I can't believe this idiot. What an idiot. Look, Kellerman said plenty of stuff that I disagree with. The Durant thing for him just became a thing and he's gotten beaten over the head with it a million times. But um, the Kobe thing's always, I think, amazing. Whenever, whenever you say- If Kobe had made that shot Kawhi made today to win game seven of the finals- I probably would have left the country. Or the second round. The second round. Yeah. Um left the country? Yeah, for a little while. A little while, not yeah, permanently. Like a week. Yeah. Um Andrew it. from Winnipeg wants to know. I did the Michelin star ratings in the regular season, like one star, two star, three stars for guys you'd want to see in person. The playoff versions of that. Kawhi and KD obviously three stars. Curry is always three stars for me, so is Giannis. Is Jokic three stars? Yeah. Is he a three-star playoff guy? I feel like he is. I know it's not as flashy as those other guys, but just there's a relentlessness about him too Yeah, that I love. Like, I know he's ready to go to fight. You know, there's no part with Jokic where I'm going, oh, I wonder. You know, there's some dudes that still aren't always that comfortable. Yeah. Um, Dame probably uh, one or two stars for Dame. Well, you can't give him one. Two, okay. Yeah. And Kyrie, zero stars. We, we've, we've, Took him out of the book. He has one of those failed the health inspection things. <laughs> He's wearing that as a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, like what happened? Uh, larvae. <laughs> uh, we talked bar. about on Game of Thrones last week. We talked about the smell of burning bodies. Not a spoiler. And uh, please don't use my name wrote in and said, I may be your only listener with this experience, so I feel it is my duty to educate you without going into too much detail. I've had the unfortunate experience of smelling dead bodies being burned. The smell is horrifying, but for reasons you might not expect. In fact, it doesn't smell bad at all. It smells like, how, shut your ears, barbecue. It literally smells like a Texas barbecue joint. I hope you sleep well tonight. Wow. I think there's more. Let's talk that about we Simply Safe. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wait. So this guy knows. I mean, is he? he I must, guess he he must work at a place that does cremations, right? I would I would assume. Or he's a murderer. 
<laughs> Texas for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Texas barbecue. I don't know if I'll Texas ever look at Texas Memphis. barbecue. What about I mean, Memphis barbecue? <laughs> Memphis barbecue. A little sweeter. Um, anything else we want to hit with basketball? We didn't talk about the Lakers. I'm good. Frank God. Vogel? I'm just very nervous about the Jason Kidd dynamic. I don't understand this. I haven't look, understood it. I mean, it's the Lakers. We say, I don't understand this at all over and over again with the Bus family. I hope they stay in the league forever. God bless them. I, this one's really weird. I can't. I mean, people are calling him Kittlefinger for Littlefinger online, yeah, which yeah. I thought was pretty funny. That's pretty good. But uh, it's just somebody who has pulled a lot of shenanigans and has proven not the most trustworthy guy, not a great guy. Definitely has a good relationship with LeBron. We talked about it on this podcast. The LeBron thing. 08 Dream Team. They're very yeah, close. No, he that's real. Him. That's real. So. But for some reason, they didn't just make him the head coach. And I don't know if it's because he had the domestic violence thing in his background or okay, whatever. How how would it be an issue now when he's already had two head coaching jobs? I'm, just, I, I'm not saying it's... I, I don't know. I've heard some people bring this up again. Is it just the magnitude of like LA? And you could say, well, wait a minute. It's not like Brooklyn's a small market. Well, it's still the Nets. Are, are you telling me like that's why he couldn't get the job? I don't... I don't know. That just seems, I mean, it was. If I told really you a week long. ago, hey, guess what's going to happen to the Lakers? Frank Vogel's getting the head job and his number one assistant's going to be Jason Kidd. What would your reaction have been? Uh, I wouldn't like, have believed what? you. I, I wouldn't have believed you because I think the Kidd thing is to appease LeBron. The Ty Lue part of it, I kind of respect that they were like, we don't want to have to give you five years. And then I think I like Ty Lue even more so going, no, that's what the going rate is. And I have a ring and I'm not matching this up with. It just makes you feel, feel like Kid's going to be the head coach starting 2020. The Lakers, the Rockets call up the Lakers and they say, Capella and Gordon for LeBron right now. Just straight up. You have five minutes to decide. I don't need five minutes. I'll say no. You say no if you're the Lakers. Yeah. So you think this LeBron thing's salvageable? Year 18 with LeBron. I don't know Making that, forty million a year. You know what I don't think is going to help is Paul and Capella. No, not Chris, not Chris Paul. Oh, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon expiring. That's, that Capella's even do making fourteen do anything for me. I need an asset that I'd like. Well, who's trading for LeBron? Well, the problem with you're trading for LeBron is you you have to be a team that's already close. Right. So you're not going to get. That's why I just wouldn't trade him. Let me. Can we see if a second off season goes poorly for him? That's that's what I would do. Like as much as it's it's fun making fun of the Lakers and all that stuff, okay. which I know everybody's trying to do. Can we get another year? All right, <laughs> I'll do it. They've got to go oh for this summer too. I'm just, what is the best possible get out of jail free card that they could get with this? Well, if Portland had lost, probably CJ McCollum. Wow, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You say I don't know. I, I don't know where he goes. They wouldn't have done that. I I. We've thought about it because we did it on the what show. What if the this Clippers week. say we'll do Gallinari and some of the give picks. you that Miami pick? Yeah, just wait, I just, just don't think the Lakers would do it. I think they like the idea of trying to salvage the same with LeBron. Okay, don't you? Wait a minute. Would you say yes to Gordon and Capella? No, I would give LeBron one more year. But I, if I was another team, I would call to see if they're wavering on whether they should keep him or not. He doesn't have a no trade clause. I know. What would make sense? What would make sense? What would be somewhere he'd be okay going? Well, that the reason it was Houston was the reason it makes sense because he's playing with his friends. But I still think that would be that'd be so weird because it'd be like redundant. My favorite scenario is Kyrie going to the Lakers. 
You know how I said I would drive Kyrie to the airport? I'd also pick him up from the airport. Would you let him I stay here? I would fly to Boston, drive him to the airport, make sure he got on, then hop a flight, meet him in LAX, and then drive him to LeBron's house in Brentwood. Yeah. I think he should stay here. You guys, I think he'd be a good babysitter. LeBron? Kyrie. Oh, Kyrie. Yeah. Because he's just talking about flat earth with my son. Right. And you Play come, video games. You'd come home and he and Ben are meditating in the back by the pool. And then you're like, what'd you do today, Ben? We're like, well, Kyrie made me volunteer with homeless people down at Tent City. I feel dirty. And then <laughs> Kyrie just yelled at me that I ate the last piece of pizza and he made me feel bad about myself. <laughs> but then he apologized after, so it's okay. He said it was on him. Kyrie said that was his pizza. And then he realized that really pizza belongs to no man. And after that, he apologized to me, but he wrote in an ancient script that I can't read. And he said it's something he's been working on was his degree at Duke. Kyrie and I got ice cream, but he ate my ice cream and his and then asked what's up. <laughs> then we got a huge fight on the bus because he made us take the bus to just get involved with the community. And he apologized to me on the bus and everything's going to be better now. Kyrie came over to watch TV and <laughs> we're still doing it. Decided, decided, decided we were watching for six solid hours. And then when he gave me the remote, I didn't know what to do with it. I dropped it. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, yeah, Kyrie. So lottery on Tuesday. What's the funniest outcome? We're going to do this again on Tuesday, but I just wanted to get this out. What's the funniest outcome on Tuesday night? The it's Bulls, the Lakers winning, right? The Bulls right? getting it, and then the Bulls worrying about roster overlap. <laughs> right. With Zach Levine and Zion? But, yeah, and then, no, no, but Laurie and uh, uh, Wendell Carter. Be like, is Zion the best fitter or is it John Morant? <laughs> the funniest is if the, if the Lakers win, though. Second funniest is if Philly somehow wins with the Celtics pick and the Celtics get nothing from that Sacramento pick. Do you want a good one that we discussed on? Uh, we didn't get into it too deep. This is really made more for you than first Woj. take. No, I went on Woj's pod on Friday, yeah. and he. I'm going to credit him with the point, but I think since we already did on the pod, we can because I think this is so up your alley. You yeah. may write a column about this. Okay, you're going to be that excited. If the Knicks win it, would Durant certainly Kyrie go wait? Do I want to be the second star to some rookie? Oh, like Durant's getting overshadowed again. Yeah. Interesting. I thought you would like that. Yeah, maybe isn't they, that a great radio topic? I think if they win it, they flip it for Anthony Davis almost immediately. If they if they know Durant and Kyrie are coming and they can figure out how to fit all three. Yeah, they could. I mean, whenever I do, we do this, hey, what do you think about this? We, like when the Denver cap situation, you look through it, like I always feel like nothing's really impossible in this league anymore. It's easier now than ever. And I think 14 teams are around 16 million or more in cap space. But um, I do love the Zion. If you if he ends up with the Knicks, does that change? Whatever like, their other plans are. Yeah. Like, I mean, think of all the stuff that's made Durant unhappy. And, you know, it's not like you're playing for the Vancouver Grizz Grizzlies here, KD. Shout out to Michael Dickerson. Well, so if I'm a Knicks fan and I win Zion, do I even care about getting anybody else? Yeah, because you still need something else. But if you're Durant, do you want to go, you know, I'm 10 years into this thing? No, and I'm, now I'm, I'm with play. you on the Durant thing. I'm saying if I'm a Knicks fan, we get Zion. So if you're a Knicks fan, do you I'm not I'm kind of good. I'm like, oh my God, I have Zion for the next 15 years. I don't even care what else happens. 
I don't know. They, Give me they, a point guard. They've thought they were getting Ky- Kyrie and KD this whole second half of the season. So, well, I wish them luck. <laughs> Good luck. Seriously, I love the Zion topic. I don't feel like you're appreciating enough. I, we're going to be doing it on Tuesday. We we have. I have where do whole... you not want to see him go? Give me where you want him to go and where he's not going to go. I think Cleveland's the the least fun scenario. You hate I'll when do, they win. No, no, I'll do respect to uh, the good people of Cleveland. I had some good times there, but they no, just not, don't deserve another once-in-a-decade yeah, guy. This isn't Let's you. spread the once-in-a-decade guys around. <laughs> let's just, just let's just do it. Let's give one to Phoenix for a change or whoever. I don't like the basketball fit with Phoenix. The basketball fit. The funniest would be is if they got the pick and then there was rumblings how they wanted to trade down to two <laughs> because John Morant was a better fit. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um is it time? It's throne game time. It feels like it is. I think it is too. Oh, wait a minute. Scott Van Pelt sent me a uh oh, a magic a, tweet. A text. Yeah. He goes, You guys doing the magic tweet game? I said, No. And he goes, Well, can you do it anyway? And we were like, All right, we'll do it for you. So you know right. Magic had a tweet tonight. Did you see it? I did not did, see the tweet. You? I stayed off Twitter. Oh, okay. Are uh, you gonna make this up or is it a real no, tweet? No, this is a real one. Kawhi Leonard played like a superstar, scoring 41 points in a Game 7 victory over the Sixers. That was the whole tweet? You know what ESPN screwed up with? We should have just ran him instead of SportsCenter. <laughs> we didn't need any anchors, no scripts, no segment yeah, producers. People think House of Highlights is the future. It's really Magic Johnson. Yeah, you just go, hey, you know, I'm Zubin Mahente. Thank you for joining me. In the next 60 minutes, we're going to take you through a journey of all the latest scores and updates in sports through Magic, Magic Johnson tweets. I like it. What a Kentucky Derby. Bummer. <laughs> and that was horse racing with Magic Johnson. So, all right. So Van Pelt sent me in one. He goes, Kawhi made a shot that won the series for Toronto. That's in Canada. Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a Canadian flag. So there's no way. See, I would have known that was fake because there's no way Magic could have figured out the Canadian flag. So yeah, so that's Van Pelt wants to send one in every week. All right, so we'll we'll do next week. We'll do it. I think we need two weeks of Magic tweets before we can. But Scott wants in, is what I'm telling you. Oh, we have to call him. No, well, we could, I guess. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> you don't want to call him? No, I want to call him, but I, I don't know. I don't know if he's. Uh, I don't know what the rules are anymore. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i don't know like yeah fair enough um yeah i'm sure we could call him i'm sure no one will they'll be too upset about it throne game <laughs> i've ruined it now now he's not gonna be allowed to throne game throne game episode five the second to last episode ever you know what it was what it was steph curry's game six oh. it was oh you think you oh you think oh you're forgetting about this Counted oh, me out. you doubted me doubted me a little bit yeah you know one and two were a little slow Sure, the CGI was a little tough in third episode. Some lulls, tactical issues. We got into that. Episode five was Curry's second half in game six. It was like, oh, you think you think we lost it? Nope. That was am, awesome. I'm guessing that the uh, the Game of Thrones fanatics were upset about a variety of things about it. All I can tell you I'm is not. I thought it was an awesome 80 minutes of TV. I loved it. I thought it was one of my favorite Game of Thrones episodes ever. I was on the edge of my seat. It was like watching a great action movie. There was a lot of how the hell are they doing this moments. It was the best they'd ever used CGI. I could actually see. It was nice and light. Um, and most important, they unleashed a dragon. Stan, Stan the dragon, finally. Um, I knew he had it in him. 
I knew just one time, just just let Stan loose. Let him go. Didn't it feel a little bit like Jason Kidd's using the dragons and then Budenholzer got the job for this right. episode? He's like, what if we have some spacing with the dragon? <laughs> that dragon was Giannis. Like the dragon usage is just, hey, out of Denim Kupo, he's going to be pretty good. No, it was. Oh my God, he's the MVP. It was honestly the hardened usage rate thing. Like the new, the new, co- new advanced metrics specialist came in and said, what if the dragon's usage rate is 100%? I guess I bet yeah. we'd win the war. You can't do better than What if than the dragon, dragon sets shot. everybody on fire yeah. and everybody dies? We're going to win. Yeah. This is what my math says. Everyone more, dies, we win. We know how they're playing the pick and roll now with the harpoons. Yeah. Right. So, you, you know, fly like, around the back. they're going to shade us left every time. Yep. So be ready to go on the weak side. You're uh, on Greyjoy. Few different storylines with him. I would say that, you know, if you're going to start shooting darts in the air to flying dragon you got incredibly lucky taking down the second one by the way okay and then all of a sudden we're like wait a minute dragons could just die from these spears you got to do it's a it's a need spray. a wrinkle yeah. yeah you can't be just going hey aim there aim there aim there like that's that's like your dad watching you play video games saying you left that coin back there this this needs to be 40, 40 shots at a time yeah. you, it's to get a horn. High like, volume. Where's the fucking horn? All these guys used to have horns that would like in unison, let's all shoot at the same time. Exactly. High volume, high usage, and they were shooting It's like one shooting at a time. 53s in a playoff game against a team you're not as good at. Exactly. So then that happens. I tell you, tell you man, looking at that, looking at that naval setup before the Dragons torched the shit out of it, why were the Greyjoys like? Why are the iron? What is it, the Ironborn? Yeah. Why, why aren't they taking over more shit than some brackish stone island? Like, how could they have not? That, that navy was incredible. Yeah. I mean, other than a dragon torching it. It seemed. I I don't understand. They're like tomorrow we're gonna attack, and then they got there tomorrow. I've I've just lost all sense of where the map is on this. Are show. we still in the thirteen hundreds? You think? Well, I know we're in the thirteen hundreds. <laughs> That's not in dispute. What I don't understand is how they're like, tomorrow we're going. And then it's, there. Like, it's like when I drove my kids to school. It's like, all right, I'm at school. Is it possible they're just closer than we thought? Closer has to be like two blocks away. On a map? I don't know. I don't. Kyle, no, do you understand I'm not, it? I'm not a topographer. I have no idea. I don't understand it either. I think we're just supposed to brush past it. So I think people have had some issues in the last couple of episodes on time movement things, but I don't know. So the episode starts, Varys the eunuch yep. tries to pull a power play. This is what you have to watch out for with Jason Kidd. Um, tries to go around the back on Daenerys. Jon Snow does the right thing. All of a sudden he's dead. Can't trust the eunuchs. So the most important thing that happens here in the great, in the uh, eunuch power rankings, Varys now, he's out. Grey Worm now, our number one eunuch. I feel like Grey Grey Worm was always the number one. Well, unit. Varys had a good resume, though. He's More juice, but it's been if they a had lot a fight, of postseasons. Yeah, but if you, you close the door, put him in a room, we know who's coming out. <laughs> Grey, so. Grey, Grey Worm's more of that Jokic kind of younger ascent. Varys has been around like a little Chris Paul. No. Finally slips. No, he's not Chris Paul. That's Yeah, he's been around forever. He's one of the only characters who's shady and it somehow works out. It's more out like for Robert him. Parrish. You're like, holy shit, he's still playing? Robert Parrish. So he's he's out now. He was writing a letter though. He was writing a letter to to tell everyone. So right. then Tyrion told Daenerys what was up, and Daenerys at this point is full blown psycho, and so Daenerys isn't like, "Hey, thanks for the heads up." She's like, "You helped spread this rumor because you and Varys have your wine parties, right?" And on a boat, she's, she's like, like "I told Jon Snow not to tell his sister." 
And then yeah. he did anyway. He, he I told him not to do that. So the Daenerys foreshadowing in the previous episode at the wine bender after the Night King. Yeah. After the White Walker. The Mad Man, Queen. Right. Where Lannister, Jamie, just again, still had the weirds. An episode later, he's like, man, I don't want to run into her at a party. Go to a lot of the same <laughs> bars. Like, maybe I'll tell one of the bouncers not to let her in. Um, Blocking her. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Daenerys was showing signs of being crazy, but some people were like, hey, she just went through a lot. And we're like, nope, no, no, no. This is the replaying of the Mad King storyline, the Mad King, the Mad King, the Mad King. They needed, I, I know it's uh, it's in fashion to talk about how they're rushing through this. I would have liked the one scene where she talked about how sad she is that two of the dragons are gone. She started out with these three dragons that she loved. Now she's got one left. I don't know. Maybe like a standing, you're a writer. You could have written this. Standing in a balcony kind of scene, talking about, yeah, I always thought I'd have these three dragons. Now I'm down to one. There's nothing more painful than losing a child. Those dragons are my children. I Stare actually, off in the yeah. distance and scene. It's funny you, you could say type that. that one out. Oh, well, I don't know. Did somebody tell you? <laughs> no, I didn't. I risked my guessing. spare time. I wrote a four and a half episode. So technically would have taken place in between episodes four and oh. five. Yeah, it's called a 4.5. Like it. It's good yeah. exercise. No, she keep has, the fingers moving every day. She goes on vacation with the one remaining dragon and reflects. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyrion tells Varys, yeah, your, that was me. I was the one that blew the whistle. I love your notes. And uh, I don't know, kind of a touchy moment for two people where one of the two people had the other one basically set up to be killed. Yep. It's about as touching as it could get. The uh, The dragon comes in to do the assassination of Varys. I would have thought- How do they breathe the fire concentrated just on the one person, but like there's no fire residue You don't know anything else. about dragons, dude. <laughs> you don't know anything? You don't. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Okay. So they could point the fire? Yeah, whatever. Like what happens? He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's setting Varys on fire, but like he- he kind of stumbles a little bit and just wipes out three other people. Whoops. Yeah, well, Sorry. they were doing that. Didn't some sh shepherd lose some stuff? Yeah. Because he was... But here, if they're constantly complaining they can't feed the dragons, yeah, why would they just let... I have Varys, 200 pounds a eunuch right here. Varys medium is, medium rare. High key thick. <laughs> <laughs> He's not an appetizer. <laughs> so uh, Daenerys tells Jon Snow... They're yep. trying to work it out, even though that's a, that's his aunt, which is, I don't know, a deal breaker for a lot of people, not necessarily in this show. In she the 1300s, says, though. 1300s, a little, little wackier. She says, I don't have love here. I only have fear. That's how I felt the last few months at ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but who were, were you, Jon Snow or Daenerys? Oh, it's just, I, I could... I could see a lot of her points is what I what I say. At some point, you just want to climb on the dragon and start blowing fire. But to be fair, to take Jon Snow's side here. Like Mike and Mike said, what? I'm climbing on Stan. <laughs> There's, I don't, what else is he supposed to do to prove to her? And so that's well, he just. could have sex with her. I thought he was going for it. You know, it was like, hey, I know you're bummed out, but you know. Got like, some you got some bummed time out, to dead dragon, makeup sex? Yeah, yeah I'd be like, hey. I've got Boston well, we didn't Commons get the end at the two. beginning. What? No end at the beginning for nudity. 
I, I'm so not, I thought of Joe yeah. House. It was his 50th birthday today. I thought maybe they'd give him the end. But House, that was the greatest recovery ever. Because I just, that's the second time I've met him. So we do the podcast and he's complaining that there's no nudity in a TV show. Yeah. And then I'm going like, he really did that worked up about it? Like when you saw one of the police academies back in the day, would you be like, oh, rewind the beach scene. That was awesome. But then when he said, I want to be surprised, it was the greatest recovery ever. Because I liked him the whole time, but I'm like, what a weirdo. Like you really that yeah. bummed out there's no nudity in a TV show? Like, come on, dude. He goes, I like to be surprised. It's great. <laughs> and I went, oh my God. That's and the subject. It was, yeah, I, you yeah. win, I lost. Yeah. So she said to Tyrion, next time you feel me would be the last time you feel me. Now, to be fair, who who had a worse season, Tyrion or Brett Brown? Um, Brett Brown. I think Tyrion did. It Really, all of his advice is just bad advice over and over and over again. He's the wrong thing. Even like, let's go see Cersei. We'll go reason with her. She shoves. I, I can talk to her. Yeah, I can talk to her. Everything he says, it's it, it turns out badly to the point that you almost had to wonder, is he like a mole for Cersei? But obviously not because everybody on the show got wiped out tonight. Um, She wanted to attack immediately. I wrote down. This is a little sketchy because her art is a back-to-back game. They just had a battle. Yeah, and we don't even. I've know I've seen how, the back-to-back yeah. stats on her army. It's tough. Yeah, and it's not like she went from Portland to, you know, no, San this Francisco is, or it's Oakland. It's a tough one. You know, um, we saw Jamie. Tyrion goes to save him. Like Portland, Orlando. <laughs> Great scene with Tyrion and Jamie, the brothers. Last time we see them together. We Great think. scene. We think. Good scene. Send that one to the Emmy committee. Oh, it was great because it was like good lines when he's sitting there and, you know, we're trying to figure out what Tyrion's deal is here. And you're right. Like his instincts, although I get where he was coming from, it all ends up turning out wrong. He's putting himself in a position where Daenerys has already said, basically, the next time you fail me will be the last time you fail me. Yeah. You're going to, I'm going to kill you. You know, and they're like, okay, you're totally batshit crazy now. So look out. And it's building up to this whole thing. And it feels like it happened kind of quick, but. You know, she did lose the two dragons and the Jon Snow thing. Like, I've been sleeping with my nephew, and now he's actually the real heir to the throne. So that's a tough week. But, um, <laughs> you know, not as T- bad as James Harden, but tough. Tyrion to go in and and talk to Jamie and it, like, hey, here's a legitimate plan. You know, there's sometimes with the dialogue where you go, I know you're you're building, you're building, you're building, but there was just so much payoff dialogue in this one. I thought where it's like, look. I'm doing this for you because you're the only one who didn't treat me like a monster. I was this half man in these yeah. horrible times and you're the only one that treated me like you should have as your brother. And whether it was, um, was it Tyron Lannister who was the father? I'm always checking with Kyle. Double check. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. Tywin. Tywin. Yes. Tywin, all right. Killed, Sorry. taking a shit. I loved him. Yeah. Loved him. One of my favorite characters in the history of the show. So Shitty much way so to I, go. Yep. But nice. that was like a really cool moment and very like okay yeah this is awesome and, and it brought you know some some closure to it i guess but i don't know i just i'm with you i thought i thought it was really cool dialogue the whole thing so whatever it redeemed jamie's hairdo this season which i just didn't understand he's wearing rick barry's wig from the 1976 playoffs and I, don't, I don't know why i recently talked about it mcshay did this look for a summer once really yeah it was the weirdest the thing. shaggy bangs look yeah but it wasn't even the bangs he kind of did like a shaggy grow it in the back but it wasn't a mullet and we were just like, you know, Boston guys are really, really cool when a new friend yeah. is trying a different style. <laughs> yeah, don't say anything at all. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? He goes, hey, back off. You know, the hairdresser told me I'm just trying something different. So they go attack Cersei's uh, city. 
the music. We both noticed the music. Incredible Great music. Incredible cello score. Really tonight. like kind of moving tense. Felt like the bank scene in heat kind of had that feel like shit's going down. Bank scene in heat, top five scene of all time. Oh, of my life. It's unbelievable. Top five moment. It's unbelievable. If that had only if you went to go see Heat and it was just that twenty minutes and they're like, hey, it's over. I would go, can I can I pay again? I remember getting a DVD player in the mid nineties. Pro scan? And stare and stare surround sound, which they finally whatever the nineteen ninety six version of it was. I used to love hanging up speakers and running wire. Put it in and the Heat DVD came out whenever and playing that. And the fucking bank scene just echoing around you have a my subwoofer? apartment in Charlestown. Yeah. <laughs> it, must sound, it must have sounded like there was a shootout. Like the townies had come in and, and uh, attacked us. Subwoofers were the worst amazing. thing that happened to neighbors. Yeah. Because you were like, well, you know, the guy's like, well, you want to add a sub. You want to put it behind your couch. Don't sleep on, on Kilmer floor. in that scene. <laughs> Don't sleep <laughs> on Kilmer in that scene. Just like the way he's like cocking, he's got the two guns at the same time. I remember everybody was buying because we were bartending, and yeah. it's right around the same time. So yeah. I'm a couple years Disposable behind you. Disposable money. Yeah. So whatever, if you had cash, you had to buy a surround sound, and so all of us were buying them at the same time and yeah. trying to outdo the other bartender because we just didn't going to tweeter. Right. So then I had uh, a friend. I remember everybody was day drinking. I mean, swear to God, dude, I think I was like 22 or 23 because I was still in the town I was at. And one of these older guys that we all ran around with, and he bartended too, he was like, he was wasted. <laughs> He's like, hey, Rasul, let's go to my house and watch watch Ransom on Surround Sound and drink SoCo. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> and I- I wish I had been invited. Being kind of day drunk was like, I that sounds fucking terrible. No, like just you I and disagree. I disagree. It was still light out. Like in back then, the kid loved the nightlife. Like there were, you never knew what was, you were going to run into. And so I'm like, What? And then our other friends were making fun of him. Like, he just invited you to go to his house to drink Southern Comfort just to watch Ransom on Surround Sound. That's a great offer. <laughs> why, why would Ransom be so good on Surround Sound? Great movie. Give me back my son. So they attack the- That's Cer a true line. What's Cersei City? King's Landing. They go, they go attack there. They close the gates, leave half the people out, which is always rough if you don't get inside in time. And uh, and then Stan the Dragon just annihilated everybody for about 20 minutes. And there was so much death and devastation that they were banging home the point like, oh yeah, Game of Thrones, it's all fun and games. But you know what's not that fun is like war and death and being set on fire and having shit fall on you and things crumbling and concrete hitting you. And they're using Arya mostly as the proxy who Arya has been like a magician this whole show. And even she's terrified. It seems like she's going to get trampled and- I thought it was really effective. I'm sure people are going to pick it apart tomorrow, but I liked it. I thought it was incredible. Um, the, you know, not that I'm some expert on it, but the way it's shot, the way these scenes and everybody's running. Like there were some shots for how long it would be from start to finish that were incredible with all that commotion. And then the use of like the explosions around them where, you know, the sometimes ash, it's, like the settling, ash thing falling down. constantly, like this snowing, but burning bodies and, you're wondering if Arya, I was like, are they really going to let her kill Cersei too? I'm like, that seems to be, that'd be like Kawhi hitting another game winner in the NBA finals, you know, between that and the Night King. Um, I like the Lannister part of it. Where well, I, Cer so Cersei's in the castle. She's convinced it's going to be cool. Yeah. She's like, the and Red Keep's never been, we're good. They're just losing people hundreds at a time. And then finally the guys drop their swords and we're good. 
and we think it's going to be over. But Daenerys is like, no, hell hath no fury. She's got that look in her eye. Yeah, a little like the the Kobe underbite face. A little bit. bit. After little the bit. Kobe, the three fish pump, like kind of sticking the chin out. Yeah, and uh, a little nipple show, not on Daenerys on Kobe when he was pulled. <laughs> right, he pulled the jersey to the side. Uh, Check out my right peck. Dragon goes nuts. Gray Worm. Gray Worm just pulls pr- that spear, takes yeah. out like nine people, and then they do. That was this- like Reggie Miller. Oh yeah, they do the slow motion where he does a. Like the Rambo First Blood Part Two, where he's just killing so many people, he has to cement it with the big yeah kind of scream. And John cool. Snow's consistently John like, like you got cool. pull back, you've got to stop, stop, and then he's just murdering guys while he's telling everybody else to stop. No, and you're like John, will you just go with the flow for a scene? Like it's and, still a war, and nobody studied the second spectrum data on how to attack John Snow. Everybody just runs right at him. He moves to the left and just hits him with the, you know, because he's a little shorter. Moves to the left, hits him with the sword, moves on the next guy, same thing. No right hand. Nobody ever, ever like fakes running at him and then cuts to the right and goes down, goes at his legs. Do you ever wonder how you would do in a sword fight? I'd go with the fight? legs. Legs. You go down, go for You know the legs. how hard it must have been to be like some sort of sword fighting legend? You know? Like, oh, you see that Rosillo guy? He's amazing. Like, yeah, he's 19. He hasn't been killed yet. You know? Like, who the hell was 40? How could you be 40 and survive that yeah. stuff for that long? I like, always wonder that how. Dude? I would who? always wonder how I do. When I watch Braveheart, I'm like, which which way would you go? But there's not really much you could do. You know, you probably just have your head turned to the wrong time. You're going to get an arrow in the head. Or I think I don't. would have been like how I play Fortnite. Just hide in the bushes? Well, I'd like to get a sniper gun and just hide in the bushes and take people out from far. If it's hand to hand and my reflexes just aren't there anymore. Maybe in my twenties I could have done it, but um a couple more great uh game sevens in this. We had two in basketball. Jamie versus Euron. I felt like that was a game seven, right? He has to drop the whole I fucked your sister thing. Not cool. Not, Not realizing cool. It was also I also I fucked the love of your life and that they were the same person. Maybe he didn't know that. I no, know. I think no. Did he, he knew. know that? He, he didn't know that. Yeah, he knew. He knew. He he said something a little sassy last season. Sassy. Little sassy. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. So big fight. You know, Jamie's missing a hand. Just pointing that out. Looks like he's gonna die, get stabbed a couple times. I thought he was done. Comes you you scored it 10 8 Euron. Yeah. You were done. You sent your card in. R.I.P. Harold. I just feel like I, you know what I, th- I thought the guys were doing is like we're not giving you the happy endings with everybody. We're not. Like we're gonna start we're gonna start picking these people off, and you're not gonna like it all the time. But that's yeah. the reality of it. And Jamie battles back, gets the win. I'm giving them a W. He lasted like another hour. But the way they wrote it too is Euron's like, "I killed the Kingslayer." So you're like, "Okay, well then Jamie's." So he's like, die. "I got him." How many? This guy's gonna like that's that's ballsy. That's actually like Dion Waiter's delusional stuff because he's sitting there, he's dying, stabbed, and he's taking the he's claiming the W. You're like, wait a minute. The other but guy just the got thing. up and walked away. But if I'm claiming a W, isn't my W like I killed one of the dragons? Everybody said the dragons couldn't be taken down. Much yeah. bigger W. Euron had a good run there. I took at the down end. Bob the dragon. I mean, he's just a stinky guy in these brackish waters. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's got his 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 ships were pristine. Having sex he with Cersei. He sleeps with the queen after yeah. she kind of shoots him down. He takes out a dragon. Things look great there for good a little while. Good season for him. Yeah. I have him second team. Oh, NBA. Despite dying? Yeah. Yeah, second team. Thought it was great. Uh, yeah, he said, I'm the man who killed Jamie Lannister. 
And then we had another game seven, Hound versus Mountain. Been waiting for this. Kyle, I know. This has been on Kyle's radar. Heading into this season, Kyle said, I don't care what happens. I just want Hound versus Mountain. And we found out that we, all of us in the room, including my wife, were all getting mad that Mountain was a dying. And then realized that this is a show with dragons that fly around and crazy shit that happens and women that lives till she's 450 years old. And maybe it's conceivable Mountain can't die. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's Frankenstein, so that's kind of the whole point of him. So I, I thought, okay, how are they going to do this? How can they do this with a payoff? And they absolutely nailed it. There's no better way than what they did. Is We that, got to see his face, Darth Vader style. We, we got the helmet off of him. We saw the gross body. We got the hound as he's stabbing him in the shoulders as he's being choked out, and he won't die. And he's like, die, you fucking bastard, whatever he, he says. Laughing. He starts laughing, and it's great, and the hound is my favorite. And then he, the mountain's going with the eye jam through your skull, kill death thing. Great trick. And it's like it's hard to pull off, but I've only used it twice. But then you you think, oh, shit, like, is this going to happen? And then we think the hound's blind, and we see that one right eye open up. And then he looks at the mountain and the death scene is awesome. Every time the mask comes off, it's always creepy, whether it's Friday the 13th or this or whatever movie you want to name. Alf. They never want to take, they, there's never the, they take the mask off and the guy looks like Ryan Reynolds. They'd be a much be bigger surprise, yeah, right? Yeah. Hey, wow, the ma mountain, no, the mountain's handsome. Hot. Didn't realize he was a blonde. Yeah. He's got a kid. Um. So they fell to their death. And then uh, we had I love the, the way they did that. I just really did. Then we had the Jamie Cersei reunion. I've never been so happy to see an incestuous couple reunited. It was great. Emotional stuff. And it looks like the, the entire uh, building fell on them and they died. But we don't know. We didn't see it for sure. Good point. Assuming they're dead. I feel like they're dead. Not positive. And then Arya, uh, who really seemed scared for the first time ever, was able to get out harrowing running through things falling left and right emerges from it a white horse comes out of nowhere a little corny yeah but the way everything was around it was kind of just cool she had great blood streaks across the face i'm pro horse but i can also see why people are like oh that's fucking corny white horse come on horse just materializes out of nowhere perfectly i had some issues with other episodes but even then, I'm going, okay, what are you really doing here? Like, you can't get mad about tactical stuff, even though we did for an entire throne game recap. Because it just, it's not, like, if the dragons just wiped out everything, like, oh, great, great use of dragons. Now this show's boring as hell for 40 minutes. Like, it's just not the way the shows work. True. So, I'm, there's nothing, there's, I'm not going to, we're all not going to like everything about it. Episode five was as good as it gets. I don't, I don't know if it's Battle of the Bastards. I don't know if it was when they took out the Sparrow crew, because that was incredible. The music, which yeah. they actually used some of that music in this episode too. But this is one of my favorite episodes I've ever seen. So I, have, I don't really have any complaints. I don't either. I'm going to really miss this show. So recap of people who died. Hound. A lot of white males. A lot of white males. Good point. Hound, Mountain, Jamie probably, Cersei. Euron. Euron. Varys. Varys. The, 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 what is it? The gold, uh, what the, army? the gold, golden, golden army guy, company. golden company. Golden company. Golden. The guy looked like a Jonas brother kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. One of the shitty ones though. Yeah. Like the <laughs> third guy, the one who married Priyanka Chopra, whatever her name is. <laughs> Actually, somebody recently was trying to tell me how great 
two of the three were. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Zoe, I'm serious. Zoe claims their new song is fantastic, my daughter. I trust Zoe. Yeah. She's like, this song's really good. Okay. Um, is it yeah. going to be awkward when you have the Jonas Brothers on or you have one of them no, on and you're like, which one of you sucks? Did I, get the, did I get the one that sucks or are you the cool one? <laughs> Who's the JaVale McGee out of the three of you? So yeah, last episode, what do we think? Uh, I think they were setting, this is just guess. We didn't see Sansa this whole episode. We just didn't see Sansa at all. But I have a hard time believing that Daenerys wins the throne with what she just did. So everybody hates her. And it it felt a little bit like, the, you know, the, the writer's love for Arya and the storyline, which has never been one of my favorites. And I know everybody disagrees with me on that. It's fine. But didn't it feel like it was setting up a little of Arya being disgusted with Daenerys as she took in everything that was happening to Kinsley Landing? So she kills Daenerys? I don't know. Kyle, how do you kill Daenerys? What is she, the lady of... Uh... Just not with fire. fire? I think you'd, any other thing but fire. That's the only way you can't Just kill. a fan on like seven. <laughs> <laughs> just AC blasting for two hours. Like what? Is, just the fan and AC on? <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Sansa ends up running the show at the end of this. That would be my guess. That'd be my bet. There has to be a happy Stark ending. Which would be funny because she is on social media just pounding wine at all times. It would be hilarious if that was who won the Iron Throne. That could be the real harbinger there. How that she's been celebrating because she knows. I like what, what you just did there. How scared do you think they are that she's going to spoil Game of Thrones on in, on Instagram at like 4.30 in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, I want our throne. They're like, oh my God. No. Like one of Garoppolo's buddies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think uh, they probably like took her phone for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I'm actually, how could no one have done that? How could, how could, no, how could no one have fake done it? Like be like, Like hey, with the fake Woj tweets? Yeah. How That's does, interesting. I don't know if she's on Twitter. She's only on Instagram. No, she was she was tweeting about That's a pretty big secret to keep. She was tweeting about how inefficient the Nuggets backcourt can be sometimes. <laughs> I I feel like it has to be the Starks went through everything. Everything that they've gone through. It it feels in a way of I like that they're not trying to like wrap up this happy ending. I like that today was a bummer. I really do. I I, I appreciate the the creators of the show doing that, but it feels like the Starks have had more skin in the game than anybody and that maybe you're right. Maybe it just ends up being some version of the Stark thing where they all can be happy and together again with all the sacrifices that they've gone through. Daenerys, like a little bit of a fatal attraction type of thing, right? Yeah, maybe they made her unlikable too so that when they take her out, no one cares. I mean, I don't know if they care Well, she about violated that. the number one rule of whatever rules dragon combat no in 1300s like when you gave up you gave up no that's a good point drop the sword that's over when the bell rings i know like in the 1100s maybe it was a little crazier but 1300s it was a little more civilized ottoman empire you gotta look it up what uh have have they decided to do why are maybe they've done this kyle you can help here i haven't read anything on this have they done a prequel thought season like the mad king and like before all the stuff happens. Uh, I thought that was the spinoff that we've all been hearing about, but mm. I might be wrong. 
I mm. thought that, that's what I'm interested in. That's a good spinoff. I heard a spinoff of it was just going to be Brienne of Tarth. Oh, no. She was going to run a kennel. <laughs> she was going to like sell baked goods. It's much more of a rom-com kind of film. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, hey, just life on the farm. By the way, we forgot to talk about Kevin Harlan's call of the Koasha. Oh! He was like, oh! <laughs> it's just, oh! That was so good. It was. Oh! We loved it. And then the other guy was screaming too. Greg Anthony. Yeah. It was awesome. I really enjoyed that. I love basketball. I love Game of Thrones. I'm going to miss both of them. We're going to miss Game of Thrones and then we get another three weeks of basketball and then basketball goes away. Are we going to do an August What Have You Been Doing podcast? <laughs> We're just like, what's your life like? Yeah, because I'm done um, once like the last free agent signs. Once somebody starts getting like restricted matches on the 50th guy in the depth chart, we agree. They'll be like, okay, we don't need to do this anymore. But there could be an August one just randomly. Like, what shows are you going to do? I may move for a month. Like Danielle House. And be like, what are you doing? Be like, oh, I'm in Morocco. What? We're we're gonna be like thirty five minutes on whether Marcus Walden is having one of the best <laughs> years as a long reliever in Red Sox history. Was Brazier a flash in the pan? <laughs> Bob Stanley seventy eight versus Marcus Walden now. Uh, all right, Ryan. So Tuesday we're gonna do the lottery. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, thanks to thanks to Game of Thrones. Thanks to the NBA. Thanks to the Zone. Don't forget to go to dazn.com. Thanks to Voodoo, a leading streaming app with a library of over 150,000 titles available to rent or buy. Over 100,000 titles you can watch for free on their ad supported on demand service. Enjoy Hollywood blockbusters, favorite indie films, whatever you want. No subscriptions, no contracts. We were just on Voodoo recently. Guess why? Had to watch John Wick 2 for the rewatchables. Nice. That we're putting up this week. Got the John Wick one and two double pass for nine ninety nine. Oh wow! Yeah, now I have it. Never know when you're gonna want to watch John Wick two. Go to voodoo.com slash rewatchables to sign up and start watching today. V u d u. dot com slash rewatchables. And then simply safe, easy to use protection, no contracts, fair prices, engineered to keep working during power outages or downed Wi Fi. Made from guys from Boston. There's not gonna be a Boston slam, but the Bruins are looking really good for the cup. That was a. I, I've been quiet about the today. hockey because the hockey people are so psycho. You're not allowed to talk about hockey unless How about you watch the every minute of How it. How about the deadline pickups for the bees? Want to go through them? <laughs> <laughs> the Carolina goalie. I watched the game today. The Carolina goalie was a little shaky. Uh, they were like when they went to the third uh, period. They're like, oh, they got to bench him. They're like, just you know, give him another look, and they left him out there. He gave up two bad ones. I I watched the whole third period because I thought for sure there were going to be a ton of fights. And then I realized in 2019, they don't do it that way anymore. Uh, go with the only home security I trust, SimplySafe, by going to SimplySafe.com slash BS today. SimplySafe with two eyes, SimplySafe.com slash BS. Thanks to Rosillo. Thanks to Nephew Kyle. Thanks to uh, Osteria Labuca for some delicious chicken parmesan today that we postmated. And uh, we'll be back on Tuesday.